What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 69. Nice. We did I'm it. one of your hosts, Greg Miller, <laughs> alongside the future class of video games. <laughs> Blessing. Adioye, Junior. What are we doing for episode 69, man? It has to be something special. I thought I would say nice, and you'd say nice, and then Barrett would say nice, but I only said nice, and I didn't prep anybody else about saying nice. Nice. Mm, nice. Hey, nice. and you know nice. what? We've already done Here's more what I want. Hold on. Everybody, everybody you know? listening right now, everybody listening right now, whether you're your computer, maybe you're out on the tractor, maybe you're driving your car. Just I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it again. All right, and then we're all gonna okay. say nice together, one unified thing. All right. P.S. I love you. XOXO episode sixty nine. Nice. Nice. There it is. See, Already that felt good. We all said nice did, together. You know? Hell yeah. God, it's embarrassing how yep. you know because that's the thing. He's like you think about. Oh man, when Tim was thirty under thirty, he was a hip cool kid. You know what I mean? Mm. He understood what 69 means, right, kids? You understand what I'm saying, right? But then he got 30, and what did he start worrying about? Taxes, Metamucil, what Bob Barker's up to. He forgot about 69. He's not thinking about 69 anymore. Crazy to think about. And he still gets to host that show. That's the thing that's kind of that's egregious about it to me is that he still gets to host Gamescast when he made a mistake that big, didn't acknowledge <laughs> episode 69. Exactly. Barry, can I you mean, turn my video upside down? Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you rotate my video. Get your Miles Morales mask. Boom, right here. here. (laughs) Hell yeah. Now it's episode 69. Let's fucking go. Oh, I get it. Okay, I see what's up. I'll I'll just turn Uh like this the entire time, and then we'll do the show like this. You turn it like that. Other way, other way, other way, other way. There you go. See? So they see, again, like, all the kids right now who are under 30, they get it. And then all the squares over 30 are like, what are they talking about? 69 one away from 70 what's the big deal right, you hate bless, to see I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna flip v back and uh just before you okay, get sick fine. or anything you know yeah no uh, i no yeah, yeah. i can't start falling from the floor i was i was getting kind of scared there that would like i will lie that would have been an amazing bit if you had thought it through enough to where you're like turn oh, me yeah. upside down like, and then you start like somehow something. throwing things up <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> blessing how you been I'm doing pretty good. It's been a pretty chill Tuesday. It's it's fun because we're recording this later than we usually do because we usually yeah. record this on Monday and then post on Tuesday. But since we're recording on Tuesday instead, I have like a like a weird energy. I didn't drink coffee this morning because I wasn't on KFGD. And so like sure. now I'm here with my tea, with my nice oh. uh, my nice black tea. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I'm caffeinated. I'm energized up, but I'm also like very chill at the same time right now. I got chill energy. Okay, so you, okay, because yeah, I, I just came off of a tech test for that uh, DJ Khaled Megan Fox event I'm hosting Wednesday night on twitch.tv slash evil geniuses. If you want to come over there for an LG sponsored stream with them. Uh, and so it's this, like that's a you know, a tech check for an hour, hour 15 is a boring process of latencies and things like that. So I had to go pour myself a giant mug of iced coffee. So I'm just drinking oh. the Starbucks cold brew right out of the fridge right here. Oh, do you usually go for the Starbucks cold brew? I mean, yeah, like an afternoon cup of coffee for sure. Mm-hmm. But then the problem I had, blessing, is that I'm very cold. It's cold down in my in, in my office today, so I got the space heater going. But then I threw on a sweatshirt, and now I'm drinking cold brew. Of course, I would love a hot cup of coffee, but I don't have time. And because I've been all talk, bless, I've been all mm-hmm. talk since the move and having a real office now. If I need to get a Keurig, you just a one shot over here. That way, I can just get cup one cups of coffee. Jen can only have one cup of coffee a day while pregnant. There's no more Lucy, so I don't have the big pot of coffee going upstairs anymore. 
This is some riveting content. Uh, of course, we, as you pointed out, we are recording later in the week because we are adhering to the embargo today. We are here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's right. We got to see a behind closed doors demo. Uh, so let's not dawdle. We can get into that preview right after I tell you that this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing and I come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. If you like that, you can head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where, of course, you can be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the PlayStation sun. Then, of course, you can watch this record it live, usually. Uh, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames gets a private link as we record it on our usual day, Monday. But again, embargo for a big preview like Ratchet and Clank. Uh, no live audience today. Uh, however, it's no big deal. Uh, you can get over there. You can get exclusive shows. You can get exclusive access. You can get the show ad-free, and you can get every episode of PSI Love You X. XO with the post show will do today. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week to get a brand spanking new episode usually like i said we record on monday on patreon you can catch them live and then of course they go up on tuesday again on patreon no ads post show all the stuff there for you however if you're getting it with the ads and no post show uh usually 6 a.m on tuesdays but again out of the ordinary day before we get into this Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart stuff, let's talk about housekeeping. Right now, over on YouTube.com slash Games, there's a bunch of cool content up. You can go over for more Resident Evil 7 clips of Blessing playing this game. And just, man, I don't know, Bless. I don't know if you're cut out for the Resident Evil life, you know? Bless, I have, an, I have a question to ask you. Do you, what's do you, up, what's know up, what a, do you know what a scorpion is? Listen, all right? My brightness, my monitor, I turn it up all the way, but it's still slightly dark. And so I don't see things that are located in dark places. I don't see them as brightly as I should. And so when a bunch of slugs, slugs. are just grouped up together on my monitor, for a, for a split second, it could like, look like a scorpion. And in that moment, I said scorpion. And I was corrected, and I was like, damn, this is going to follow me for the rest of my existence. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to go see Blessing be unable to identify scorpions in Resident (laughs) Evil 7, go ahead and go over there and check it out, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We also have a brand new games cast up there. You can get uh, our fall 2021 predictions, including uh, Games Beats Jeff Grubb coming by to give us some information, hang out with us, talk about E3 2021. Again, that's the games cast available wherever podcasts are given away for free. Uh, You can be like our Patreon producers of on patreon.com slash kind of funny games they of course are omega buster uh tyler ross delaney twinning julian the gluten-free gamer james hastings casey andrew elliot and tom bach uh today we're brought to you by purple mattress hvmn and titan but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with topic of the show blessing greg late last week actually if you want to go even further than that two weeks ago they do a state of play, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Here's a big old demo. Here's uh, Mar- Marcus Smith talking about the game. That's it. See you when the game comes out in June. We go, we're super excited. That's super cool. A couple hours go by, email from PlayStation. And it's, hey, on top of what you just saw, next week, do you want to come to an embargoed, uh, obviously digital, uh, hands-off event of Ratchet and Clank where you guys will basically see an, another basic hour-long, basically hour-long demo then have four different roundtables to go to talking about uh, a deep dive into Ratchet Clank Rift Apart. And of course, Blessing and I said, uh, hell yeah, we'd love to be there for that. So that's what we went and did. Now the embargo's up. We can officially talk about it. What I love about this is that you and I have not talked ahead of time. We have said nothing to it. And the way we did it is that we both went and watched the demo together. Well, together by 
No, I mean, I knew you were At watching the same it. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like have her own Discord about it. We watched the demo. Then there was four, like I said, breakout panels. Uh, Blessing and I each took two so that we could come together and talk about them today. Uh, mm-hmm. So I took crafting a new Ratchet and Clank story and designing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for the PS5. Meanwhile, Blessing, you went and saw building the world of Ratchet and Clank and then interdimensional score of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Would you like to begin? What was the most exciting thing you, you take away from this? First off, hour long demo we got for you know in all intents and purposes maybe 45 minutes and then these two uh, big panels you went and saw what do you walk away thinking about yeah i mean th- this is a fun process going to preview this game because we've seen so much of this game already and so yeah. from from a lot of the preview a lot of what i got was stuff that we had already gotten seeing the gameplay seeing rivet seeing the ration click in action seeing that the seeing that it seems to be the ration clank that we all know and love i think that's probably the most exciting thing about uh, this game for me you know going into it it is a ratchet and clank game built for the ps5 that is all the things that you love about ratchet and clank still maintained but meant to be improved and smoothed out and the from the review that we did slash spoiler cast that we did of ratchet and clank a few weeks ago on this show you know we had we had our critiques we had we had our wishes i guess for a new ratchet and clank and it seems like all that's pretty much fulfilled and so yeah. i think a lot of that is exciting we got to see a lot of the weapons and guns uh on display during that uh initial hour-long preview that me and you went to uh which is awesome and so we got like to see a deeper dive on i, t- I legit i took a lot of notes on me that too. on that preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so like legit whenever they pulled out a new gun I would stop and I'll write down the gun and I'd write down like a quick description of what each gun is. And like, there are a lot of favorites that make a return. You know, we talked about during that state of play, they busted out Mr. Fungi, which I think in the moment, watching the state of play, we were like, oh, that must be Mr. Zarkon. And us and going and watching this preview, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, this is definitely Mr. Zarkon. So that seems really cool. And for those who might not be familiar with Ratchet and Clank, Mr. Zarkon is essentially essentially this robot that you can bust out who who is automated and will basically take out enemies for you while you're doing your thing. And Mr. Fungi is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart's version of that, which is really fun. Um, but then we Real got to see too, a bunch If you're of- a YouTube viewer mm-hmm. right now, you'll see that the one and only Bear Courtney on the ones and twos went through and took the B-roll Sony sent us and edited it into little packages we can play here so there will be a uh, footage accompanying us if you don't if you're an audio listener want to see some of the footage we saw behind closed doors on top of that it's worth pointing out uh, barrett was warning me beforehand if it, this at all stutters or chugs it's definitely us and not the game there were some things uh, he thought obs slash vlc might be having a playback problem but not to a crucial part so if you go if you look at it and it goes like framey for a second it's not the game trust me the game yeah. looks goddamn beautiful because if we're talking about like this demo we went and saw and again the furious notes i'm taking as i go my favorite one here is gob the speed exclamation point oh my god yeah a couple weeks ago yeah like you said we did uh the hashtag ps we played this our book club here on ps i love you and we did ratchet and clank ps4 2016 version obviously and one of the things we talked about there was the uh the fact that it felt at times so slow and so much like Ratchet had concrete in his boots. And for me especially, it was when we were talking about riding the rails and some of those rail sections of jumping over, shooting the thing in front of you, jumping back the other one, going like this should be a breakneck pace. Things should be flying back. You should feel the wind in your hair. And we didn't have that, I felt, in that Ratchet and Clank. And w- just watching this one, seeing Rivet tackle uh, the rail grinding, going the way she was going down things, the speed at which she was flying through stuff in ratchet too but we had a big rivet part of the gameplay here like i was like holy shit that's it and even right now his barrett's showing like hoverboard stuff and like running around like the game yeah. moves so quickly so fluidly so beautifully 
and that's the thing that, that that's to me one of the biggest things to point out is i remember talking about ratchet and clank 2016 and being like man this game feels like it could use a dash mechanic and i know that's been like a meme that we use a lot here where we're like oh man give it a parry and a dash but honestly like a dash mechanic for me is always welcome in many action games and ratchet and clank is 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 part of that right like ratchet yeah. and clank i think could have used something uh, uh like that in order because the game is a, it's a third person shooter at its core. It's a platformer also and it has a story and all this stuff also, but for the sh- third person shooting gameplay, the 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 game feels like it should be moving at a speed where you should be able to dash back and forth in order to, in order to dodge enemy gunfire and do all this stuff. And Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has that. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart also has bigger environments it seems like for combat when you for are sure. going back and for forth sure. and and you know fighting a bunch of a bunch of enemies. It seems like it also has more enemies on screen at a time and, and just way more going on at once in general but yeah like the the size of the environments and the amount of things that they that they put into the environments so that you can play around and what feels like a playground is super awesome and so you look yeah. at the the rift portals which we've seen a lot which will pour, pull you to certain parts of the uh of the map you'll see uh the uh points where that you'll swing from you know when you when you use your grappling hook to swing across the map you'll see a lot of those in combat uh rivet has jet boots that she can use to move a bit quicker which will help you zoom from point to point and all that stuff makes for exactly what you're talking about which is a way faster combat experience which i think uh seems like it's going to be a very fun time and way more active than russian clank 2016 you know, you're talking about the grappling hook points. One of the things that they showed in the, the demo we both watched, right, was the hurl shot, which was basically that, again, amped up, right, where you shoot into it and spin around, far, and you can fling yourself way far across the map to these points. And it reminded me, of course, from a you know, more recent thing of, you know, the returnal teleport uh, spots throughout the returnal maps, right, that shoot you as a ball of light over there or whatever. But this one is, you know, spinning real quick and shooting your way over there. And for me, you know, you're talking about the, the scale and scope of environments the enemies on screen, uh, the speed at which this game's moving. It was also them, I think, really playing with just a grander stage of what the PlayStation 5 probably allows them. And, you know, in the very beginning of the, the what we saw, which I, I believe is the opening of the game, right? It's Ratchet and Clank going to this celebration, a ticker tape parade from them, honoring where they've come from. So it's kind of like a refresh of like, hey, if you haven't played a Ratchet and Clank game, here's what's going on. And it's, you know, Cork and crew uh, walking you through these things. But eventually, obviously, Dr. Nefarious shows up. He's going to start some shit, as Dr. Nefarious does, right? And one of the things he does is grab uh, the parade float and start pulling it. And as it pulls, it gave this to me what felt like an uncharted moment where Ratchet and Clank are on the back of the float as it's kind of tilting to the side and the wind's ripping them away. And like it was not I shouldn't say it's not decidedly on Ratchet because, again, I think Ratchet and Clank 2016 was just a smaller experience based on price point and everything else as to something like uh, a crack in time or the Ratchets had to come before it. But it's such a reminder of what I I have through Rose called the glasses of what Ratchet was. And then also, obviously, what Ratchet and Clank is going for with Rift Apart here, as you actually see it. Barry, you're so good to be real here. As Dr. Nefarious pulls away and these guys hanging on and they jump onto it and they have to run and catch up and all these different yeah. things to what is going on in the actual gameplay. And it just felt bigger. And I think that's definitely what they're going for in terms of, you know, to start drilling into some of the things that I saw in my uh, uh, panels, right? It was this idea as, you know, I'm talking about crafting a new Ratchet and Clank story. Uh, they were talking about, you know, Marcus and team were giving a presentation of, you know, how PS2 w- was uh, this thing of, hey, we have gameplay, but we can also tell a story. PS3 was, you know, let's actually make more introspective stories. PS4 obviously was a little bit of everything, you know, redoing the thing with the reboot here. And then now PS5 is like, 
even more personal internal struggles, but having this grand stage, being able to go through and play with all this different stuff and having more emphasis on every planet they were talking about, right? Every one of these planets has its own stories. It's not just uh, somewhere you're going or a new environment. It's meant to be, hey, this is a lived in place that has backing behind. And right here is what I was talking about with the uncharted kind of stuff of them pulling this thing, you having to play and like feeling like the actual world shift beneath your feet. It feels very set PC, which is, I think that's awesome because I think Ratchet and Clank has the the setting, uh, and it's the type of game that that can do that on that on that similar level where it is you are doing one thing one moment or you're in a you're in a chill cut scene. Clank is talking to Ratchet, and then things break out, and then it yep. is all right, cool. We're transitioning right into action from the cutscene. You know, like we've seen we've seen that a lot in games, and of course, like we've seen that a lot in PlayStation first party games. But if you one of the things they talked about in, in the because I went to the animation panel, one of the first things they talked about in my panel was them talking about how the PS5 has allowed them to really demonstrate what the, what the console can do from that, that standpoint. And so you're going to see a lot of that going back and forth between gameplay and cutscene way more seamlessly than they were before. Uh, and I think that's really cool, Greg. What I want to know from you, since you went you went to the panel that was more focused on narrative one of the things we talked about in 2016's ratchet and clank was Mm -hmm. the fact that you know the story is fun it's a ratchet and clank story and all this stuff but i think both of us felt like there could have been more to it in terms of the ratchet and clank characters like a lot of the i think personality and and, uh character that we got from ratchet and clank 2016 was from characters like captain quark and other surrounding characters but it felt like ratchet and clank maybe could have been more at least for me they felt like they could have been better utilized in that game do you feel like the story for ratchet and clank rift apart is going to do more for you yeah for sure and i think it's uh uh, i would say a three-pronged approach and the first two would be ratchet versus uh rivet right where they were talking about you know uh, know, obviously this is set after into the nexus this is the continuation uh the thing that uh the um rift you know the interdimensional portal gun that i've the name of dimensionator thank you is you know a thing that it was teased at the end of into the nexus where it's like oh, okay cool can clank fix this and like get ratchet back to his lombax uh dimension to meet the other lombax and be with the other lombaxes and so you know the game again opens in the demo we saw right of clank being like hey i fixed it and that's going to be the surprise for you at the end that i can send you back to see your people and as he tells ratchet that ratchet has that moment in the demo we saw right where Ratchet's mm-hmm. like yeah, and he does like the about that though, like he doesn't want to go. And then Nefarious shows up, steals the thing, it all goes to hell. And so it is this thing of like, wait, why doesn't he want to go? And like when they to this when they jump to this uh gameplay here that you're seeing right now, it's you know, Clank and Rivet. And when they're flying in, Rivet and Clank have this conversation about this where it's like, Yeah, I found the thing, but I, he doesn't seem like he wants to do it. And she's like, Oh, I'll go. Like, why you know, I don't know why he wouldn't want to go see other Lombaxes. I want to know what is keeping Ratchet in this world. Is it his relationship with Clank? Is it something else that's going on? Is it just that he's happy there? And that's something they talked about in the panel, right? That this is still Ratchet that you know and love, but this is an older, more mature Ratchet is what they're going with. Like, he has grown. And, like, even in the the stuff we saw, right, in that opening ticker tape parade, it is very much like, why are they throwing this for us? We haven't done anything recently. Like, we've kind of been not, you know, just chilling out, like, what's going on? And so... I'm excited to see what his story is and to see them take him in a more uh, mature way versus what they were talking about with Rivet, where Rivet is this resistance fighter, right? And she is incredibly reactive. She is incredibly impulsive, and that's what keeps her alive up until this point. And so I think having what feels like a ratchet that's going to be older and maybe questioning his role in everything a little bit more versus a Lombax in Rivet that is just, you know, doing everything she can to survive and take down, you know, the authoritarian. Yeah, exactly. The regime that's above them. That seems interesting. And I want to know what's going on with that, let alone the fact that I love 
uh, they showed it in what we're, we were just watching a little bit there, right? Of like, mm-hmm. uh, in the opening, you know, one of the people giving you the tour during the ticker tape parade is Skid McMarks, right? Who we know is like the extreme hoverboarder man, right? And so, like, when in Rivet's dimension, he's called Phantom and he's completely different, apparently. And like, he, you know, he's seen like his life's not been this esports or not esports, uh, extreme sports extreme character. Sports, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Esports, whatever. <laughs> uh, extreme character. So it's like, what do they get to play with there and how many other references will there be to what's going on that i'm very interested in that i'm very interested like when uh the demo we saw right of uh rivet having to fight uh pierre right the french pirate who is rusty pete but this version in their universe like i love that she this is like that just alternate reality of the things you know from the ratchet universe twisted a little bit and to see what these people are and why they got there and then on top of that what we're going to get out of that and how we're going to get out of that and what it means for Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I, I would say, I, like, whereas Ratchet and Clank 2016 was a movie tie-in game and then they tried to make a joke about that being this is a movie tie-in game to a movie tie-in and, like, based on a game, like, it got a little bit too meta, I think, whereas this seems like a more grounded thing of I care about what Ratchet's motivation is, I care about meeting Rivet, and I want to see how they all come together. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that makes 100%, 100% sense. And I think I'm right there with you in terms of the thing I like about it is that it seems like the setup is simple enough, but there's room there's room for a lot sure. of chaos and a lot of different things to happen. You know, like we've seen stories, we've seen plenty of stories lately, in fact, about interdimensional travel and, you know, going through different dimensions and meeting alternate versions of characters and all this stuff. Like that is not a, I don't think that's anything that's like super high concept or not even high concept that's that's super weird or unique but i think that it leaves a lot of room for all right cool what fun fun things can we do for, uh, with this from both a gameplay standpoint but then also a storytelling standpoint and I, and one of the things that i've been trying to kind of manage in terms of my hype and excitement uh coming up on the game is like all right what do i expect to get out of this from a big release this year or from a playstation first party release right because i think my hype for this compared to what my hype was for the last of us or for ghost shima right like i it's pretty different but the the longer you watch the demo the more i was the more i found myself getting like to that extreme levels of man i can't wait to play this not yeah. not necessarily to the point of like this is gonna change narrative or this is going of to have the same not. impact no, no, no. of like last or anything but but just from you know, like I think them introducing Rivet in uh, one of the first trailers we got forever ago. Them introducing Rivet as a character had that cool thing of okay, cool, we're gonna get to play as a, as a girl Lombax, and I think that from a representation standpoint uh, uh, seems really cool and really awesome. One thing that I want to I want to shout out from the demo we just did is there was a certain part of the demo that uh, highlighted the fact that Rivet had a prosthetic arm, and that was the thing that I hadn't mm-hmm. noticed until this preview like i think i I think i knew but i never really thought about the fact that she had a prosthetic arm and they kind of honed in on that and kind of turned that into a story beat in a way that i felt was super well done and super meaningful and super awesome and for the preview to have moments like that in uh uh quite a few ways like a couple of ways had me very excited for what the rest of the game might do in terms of really building out this world as a world that I want to really, really uh, get to know and get more familiarized with because it seems like there's plenty of potential to do really cool things with this game and world that feels like a kid's game or feels like a, I guess a, a, a world that the whole family can, can get into. Um, It feels like they're, they're actually doing really cool things with it, which has me excited. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, there's a lot to unpack from what you just said, but it does nail it. And I think 
the most exciting thing about it watching it is i'm right there with you of mm-hmm. holy shit i can't wait to do this and i can't wait to go through all these weapons and use them in these fights and find every gold bolt and try to platinum this game and you know run through it and i think that hype comes from watching it seeing the spectacle of it seeing how good look it looking it is you know and like i'm always the guy who kind of forgets about music sadly unless it's amazing like the note i have here right is the score is rad like the music just from what we saw and we're watching is there and i feel like what it seems to be doing is taking everything you expect out of a ratchet and hitting it with 10 out of 10, if that makes sense. Whereas I think 2016 was like, Oh, enjoy the combat here and there, but there were, but what about this? And what about that? And this is obviously critiquing the 2016 game in 2021. I, th- you, I look at this and it looks to, like every criticism we had of that game is being fixed or, you know, cr- cranked up even the things we enjoyed in this new one. Yeah, something to touch on in terms of score, because one of the panels I went to uh, was oh, yeah. purely about score. I didn't take many notes on that one because it very much music. was them talking down, talking. Uh, <laughs> it was them. It was them interviewing Mark's Mothersbow, who is the uh-huh. composer for the game. He also is composer for Thor Ragnarok. And that was like the big thing that they kind of honed in on in that interview was like, yeah, there are um, I'm just going to talk in the first person. Right. They're like our our inspiration for the score. Uh, as we were making the game, we wanted it to be something that felt like it was Thor Ragnarokish, right? It had that. We wanted something that had this cosmic, uh, fun aspect to it, and they really thought about Thor Ragnarok while making the game, which I think is a cool thing in in, uh, in itself. Yeah. But uh, in their search for composers, they're like, "All right, who can we actually? Who can we get to to compose this game?" And they ended up reaching out. They're like, "Yo, screw it, let's just reach out to the composer of Thor Ragnarok and see what he thinks." And they are they're actually able to get him on the game. And they talked about how there is some stuff that might have been con- con- uh, concepted for Thor Ragnarok that didn't make it into the final movie in some form might be in Ratchet and Clank: Rift Apart. They talked about a lot That's of cool. that stuff. Um, but from a yeah, from a score and music standpoint, I'm right there with you that as I was playing, I was like, "Damn, this is fucking cool. This is fucking sick." And hearing them talk about working with with uh with Mark for the game, I think one is really cool just from a shit that guy worked on Thor Ragnarok, but then also wow, they really get to see through their vision of having this thing give that certain type of energy that that they were looking for. Yeah, uh, the other big thing I mean from a panel that you didn't get to go to because we split them up right that I want to talk about is the from the designing Ratchet and Clank thing. This is me obviously being foolish, of course, and just not thinking through uh, the fact that this is a PS5 game. What I thought was really cool is to hear them talk about the DualSense and how they're using it for this. And, you know, what they were going big on was the adaptive triggers, right? And how that in games prior to, you know, charge up a gun, right? You would have to hold down R2 and then release it to fire at its uh, apex or something like that. Or how to get an alt fire out of a gun, blah, 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 blah. You You have to hold this other button combination. Whereas now with the adapter triggers, you know, pulling halfway or pulling all the way through, they're getting more out of every gun and giving you different ways to use every gun. And so they put out the burst pistol, right, which you can go halfway with. Where it'll be slow and accurate. Or if you go all the way, it's going to be fast and inaccurate. Like you're going to get way more gun- bullets out, but they're going to be all over the place. Whereas if you sit there, it's going to be, you know, a better shot of it. The other one was the enforcer, right? which is like this multi-barrel gun. It has two barrels on it. And so if you pull the first trigger, you're going to fire the first, just the, just one of the barrels. Whereas if you pull the way through two, you're going to do a double shotgun blast, right? Where, so like a double barrel shotgun, but having control over which one you do. And then the Negaton Collider is one you charge up, right? So you have to hold it and go. But now it's the idea of that. You pull, the tr- you pull it halfway till the resistance charges up to where you want it, and then you pull through to fire it out. And it's like... Oh, that's awesome. That sounds... Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those, like, I don't know if i'm doing a good job explaining it because obviously they had audiovisual material to show you too but it is that thing of watching where like oh fuck that's really cool like that is 
another level of what makes this a PlayStation 5 exclusive and how it's built to actually care about the controller and not be a gimmick for the controller, but rather be something that isn't, you know, having to hold an alternate button to actually make the controller do what you want. It's still all in the same button. You just have different ideas to do and how you want to use it. I thought that was yeah. super cool. Yeah, no, I think that 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 is super cool. And that's something that I wasn't thinking too heavily about as we were watching the preview, because when we watch when we watch gameplay, I don't think anybody really thinks about how it feels when you're using the adaptive triggers with the dual sense like we didn't realize how how important that was to returnal until we got our hands on returnal and we're like oh snap this is actually the way the this is actually the core of the way the game plays and if rationing i i i hope that they're able to to get it right because it seems like the big ps5 games we've gotten so far have handled it a bit differently like returnal has it so that yeah, if you press down L2 halfway, you are doing your standard fire and then you pull through to do your alt fire, which has a cooldown and all this stuff. But then we play yeah, yeah. Resident Evil 8 and the way Resident Evil 8 hands, handles different guns and how that factors into the adaptive triggers is basically the L2 feels different, right? Like a big shotgun will have uh, more pressure on the L2 button than your little pistol, which will just, you know, you pull it regularly and you don't, it feels like it's light because of yeah. that. Um, I am very curious and very excited to see how Ration Clank handles that because I think. They kind of have the best of both worlds uh, where like Returnal definitely had a bunch of different types of guns, but because of the way the game, because of the alt fire system, I'm sure they didn't want to mess with that too much. But I wonder if Ration Clank really is going to go all the way in terms of every every gun feels different and it has a different method of control. I think there's really cool. I think there's really cool things you can you can do with that because, you know, talking about the guns, there's like a, a lot of your favorite guns return. I talked. I mentioned that earlier. You know, you got your um, Mr. Fun Guy, which is basically Mr. Zircon. You got your Glove of Doom, which is which is also in 2016 in previous games where yeah. it's a grenade that you throw out that has a bunch of little guys that pop out of it that attack enemies, which is really fun. But then you have other things. You know, you talk about the Enforcer, but then there's uh, uh, the the Topiary Sprinkler. Dude, I love what a cool fucking gun. We saw it in this yeah. demo. Go for it. I'm sorry, but I, that was one I wrote down. I'm like, this thing looks rad. Yeah, no, it's basically a, a throwable grenade that'll freeze enemies in place. But the way the way that it freezes enemies is pl in place is that it'll grow uh, like topiary, like it'll grow. Yeah, see, plants. it looks like that. Barrett's showing right now. It yes. makes them look. It turns them into like hedge art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it holds them in place. And in the in uh, one of the talks that I went to for our preview. Uh, it was a talk all about animation. They actually talked about the topiary sprinkler. And one of the things they mentioned in it was that in figuring out the, uh, the what type of guns, what type of new weapons they wanted to feature in the game, a thing that they think about a lot was, all right, what is the function? And then what is a unique spin we can put on it? Cool. We've seen mm. ice grenades before. We've seen grenades that'll freeze enemies in place. What's the way we can do that th that exact thing, but have it be give it more personality or give it a twist or give it some sort of different take. And that that's how they came across the, or that's how they came to the, the topiary sprinkler was like, okay, cool. We'll do it. We'll make plants instead of ice, which feels like a really creative way to do it. And that kind of filters through the other guns. But yeah, I'm to piggyback off that when one of mine, when they were talking about guns, they, yeah, they said that everybody, oh, the weapon process is a three part process, right? It needs to have spectacle strategy and then humor slash uniqueness. And I think like you just watch, you know, right now the footage that's up, obviously topiary, sprinkler the you know killer app right now uh but all the other weapons you see out there like, did they show you ricochet did they talk about ricochet 
No, but I remember watching Ricochet. That's the one I didn't understand it, so I didn't even take notes on it. But so it the idea like you is just that you in the air and it just hits it. Yeah, you shoot out a, a metal ball, right? That hovers and hits the th- it will hits the thing and then hovers and then you can pull the trigger again and again to have it hit. And there's a timing bonus to it that is you're because you're still controlling it as it does. It'll get more damage or if you hit the timing for a, as you through the bonus. But it's this idea that you can shoot it and then you can run behind cover. And then you can keep going with the trigger and have the ball ricocheting off of it and doing it to get more and more out of it. And I think that's what they're talking about. Is you, I mean, what I think I've already said it. I know before we even talk about this part, the spectacle of this game. If they can get that in every weapon, I'm excited to explore every weapon. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see how dual sense functions with each of the weapons. That's the thing that I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought about with the Ratchet and Clank game. But yeah. now that we're here, and we've used the dual sense, and we know how cool it can be with this type of thing. I'm I'm really excited to see how that pans out. I also want to shout out the lightning rod weapon, which is basically depending on how far you've made it in Returnal, is the electro pylon driver weapon. It's very similar to that, where you shoot um a bunch of. Uh, like when you when you when you shoot shots of uh, of the weapon, it'll stick to the enemy, and then I guess the more I think the more you stick, the more damage it does because it's basically uh, triggering an electric shock between the different uh, uh, po- uh, points that you've hit with the enemy, uh, which is really cool. And so like there's that, and then I took notes on like half the weapons I saw, or maybe even most of the weapons I saw. There's the drill hound also, which is a grenade launcher, but it's a drill instead. Yeah, it doesn't. It drills the enemy or the the thing that's going to attack into the ground and like shoots yeah. out like a tremor and then comes up and attacks them. I yeah, thought that was dope. Yeah, dope. hell yeah. Uh, and I think one of the things they talked about, in, uh, you know, my designing the world thing, right, was pocket dimension d- dimensions. So like, there's the big dimensions you're going to, and you know, obviously going planet to planet, doing all these different things. But then there's these little pocket dimensions that you go into that they call they described it as stuff from all across the galaxy has been sucked into them, and it's stuck in space time, right? And so the idea is that you go into these smaller little dimensions that they're going to take a particular gadget that you use in the game all the time and be able to do different things with it in this section. So however we've been using the guns and gadgets outside of this to bring them in and use them in a different way to find, and this is where you'll find the different armor sets. So these are like optional challenge rooms basically that exist in a way the game doesn't exist or that you don't usually use any of the stuff in, which I think is a fascinating way to go in there. And it's what we talk about, like DLC, right? Where, okay. Or how people, when I, when we do the, when I talk about borderlands and borderlands show with the devs, right? They always talk about the DLC being the thing of, okay, cool. Like there aren't the same rules here. We can go into this and do something completely different with the characters, you know, or the gameplay, you know, and it sounds like that's what these pocket dimensions exist at in is going in there using the hover boots in a way you don't usually use them, but then also, so finding armor sets and then you can set the color palette which i thought was dope for me uh for each piece of the armor so you can come up with your own unique combinations for the armors i love that idea mm-hmm. the armors look awesome there yeah. was one of the trailers i forget if they i think they posted this on twitter or something but them going through the different armor sets for ratchet it really it really reminded me of spider-man and the way that you have the different outfits for spider-man in, in, in those games uh and i'm glad that they're doing that for this game too because I, I love i love the idea of having a dope ass looking ratchet that's like armored out and, and shit yeah, and I, I love the idea of being able to customize it and make it your own and change yeah. it to look how you want to look, right? Because that's always the the bummer of, like, I feel... It, it's on the tip of my tongue because I was just playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? And it's that thing of, like, man, I hate that these armor sets aren't mixed and match. I hate that... Well, they are, but mm-hmm. they are very so locked and they're so few. Whereas, like, Odyssey with Cassandra, right? It was just this endless arsenal of customize what you want it to look like so in here of like cool these are preset looks for the armor but be able to change the color make it your own i like a lot yeah uh, uh one thing 
Oh, go, go, go for it. No, no I, well, I wanted to call out, you know, we had uh, last episode, uh, the one, the only, the blind gamer, Steve Saylor, on to talk about accessibility. And we talked about how, you know, Returnal gets it wrong and what they could do better. And we asked him at one point, what did he think of the ratchet stuff? And he was like, wow, man, like I stopped and I went frame by frame and it looks really good. It obviously looks a lot like Naughty Dog in there. They talked a little bit about it in one of the, my panels there at the end, right? And what I liked about it was that, you know, they're talking obviously about like, they want this game to be accessible to everybody. They want it to be from kids to the most hardcore fan who wants the biggest challenge on what you can do in there. And so they real briefly touched on obviously the difficulty stuff you could do, but then uh, different options you could put on. And one of them was global time slowdown, which if you enable it, it's a shortcut on the D-pad that'll slow down the game. So if you're trying to beat a boss, if you're trying to make a jump, if there's something timing based that is too challenging for you, or like we're talking about with Steve, that you just can't physically make those moves that fast, you can toggle it on and toggle it off whenever you want to and go through and do it. And we asked, and because we had a bunch of great PlayStation people on this thing, will trophies be affected by it? They were like, that's a great question. They shouldn't be. This should be achievable with all the benefits on. So back to what we were talking about with Steve, right? And like, cool if Returnal or Dark Souls or whatever hard game wanted to say cool we're going to lock you out of this trophy but you can do whatever you want with it he's like, he's like that's still a bunch of problems Insomniac seems to have addressed that with their accessibility of like no you can play the game however you want you can get the trophies however you want like it's there to, so you can actually get into the game which obviously is something yeah. we've talked about and deserves a pat on the back for yeah that's really cool that's really cool especially because Ratchet and Clank as we mentioned before is a super fast game and yeah. it seems like this one is going to dial up the action a bit and so them giving the them giving people that specific option I think is really cool yeah and you want that's what you want to see I think out of a a PlayStation first party right we obviously talk so much about, and so many awards were won by Naughty Dog and Last of Us Part 2 for everything they did it looks like you know, Insomniac's trying to follow that trend. Mm. I'm sorry, I cut you off before. You were going to jump to something you were excited about there? Yes. Oh, yeah. The um, So in one of my panels, they talked a lot about the power of the PlayStation 5, which I'm sure they did for for uh, one of your panels. It seems like what it seems like. So I did a panel for animation, which I think overlapped probably a lot with one of the panels you did, it sounds yeah. like. Um, and so you feel free to chime in at all when it comes to sure. the power stuff, because I think you, I think one of the panels you did was literally about the power of the PS5, right? Uh, it was designing Ratchet Link for the PS5. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right, perfect. Um, but yeah, like one of the things they mentioned with that was uh, they talked a lot about ray tracing in the animation panel I went to, and they talked about how um, they were able to really like dial in and things like reflections on Clank meant a lot to them in terms of not only displaying the power of the PS5, but really improving the experience of Ratchet and Clank, which part. And so they they talked about that. They talked about how yeah, throughout the game you're gonna you're gonna notice how beautiful Clank's reflections look. And uh, <laughs> they they actually put a lot of focus into making sure his reflections are right because he's made out of stainless steel. And the diffusion of light and reflections on stainless stainless steel obviously is a lot different from other other uh, reflective surfaces. And so they talked about the process of of making sure that the different types of surfaces, depending on the texture of those surfaces, actually reflect. Uh, uh, accurately, which I sure. thought was just a really cool thing. Like, it's 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 fun doing these panels because half of the stuff is stuff that's like cool that applies to a preview. Then the other half is like, fuck, that's really nerdy, and I just appreciate it on a personal <laughs> level. And so that was one of the ones where I'm like, I don't know how much I'm going to talk about that, but that was a really cool thing that I'm going to remember because it, well, damn, yeah, while, while cool. we're here, I mean, stuff to toss out. Like you're talking about that they talked about what they can only do with the PS5, right? Was the idea that they're streaming it like Spider Man, so it's like that idea where where you're looking is what they're putting into the the world and behind you there's nothing meaning that they can take oh, what's yeah. in front of you and it, obviously it's like you know a nanosecond if you start turning the camera
camera, everything auto populates, but it's the idea that they're able to pack so much stuff in there because it's not always behind you. It's, it's always being obviously tracked where it is around you, but not rendering the entire time. And that they talked about how it's going to have those incredible fast loads of like, you know, you hit the start button and you're playing the game in like two seconds or whatever. And then, well, the other thing is that, uh, you know, there's parts coming up where, you're going to obviously be fighting in these different dimensions, right? And so they talk about like sinking the planets where you're jumping back and forth between two different versions of them, but it's changing as you go. Kind of what we, you know, uh, Xbox and Team Blue, where I think promised a bit with the medium but wasn't what we expected where though it was a very there was game you know definitely parts where you played in two different dimensions and went back and forth but it wasn't at will like we thought it was all going to be it, it seems like in this part like they showed uh, uh switch between them with this giant hammer swing that you're using so you're hitting this hammer to switch back between it so you're like you can go back and forth between these worlds and fight these different things as you mm-hmm. go uh they also talked about uh making ratchet and the characters more expressive uh with the power mm-hmm. of the ps5 they, mm-hmm. they did like side by sides of ratchet and clank 2016 and ratchet and clank uh, rift apart and you can you can really see that like oh snap they have a lot more to work with uh with the oh, new, sure. new technology which is really awesome and then they also talked about um civilians and enemies being more responsive than ever um and also having the game be more populated uh in areas where there are enemies and civilians and again that they for a lot of this stuff if not all this stuff they they would always thank the power of the ps5 uh which again really cool they talked about 3d audio um, also, and they talked about how that helped helps them get a better sense of space in the game. There's mm-hmm. a quest in the game. I don't even know if it's, if it's if it's a quest, but there's a moment in the game where you're looking for the club. I think it's called. I wrote it down. Club. There's a club in Nefarious City, basically. Uh, that you're looking for. I think it's called and, Nefarious, wasn't it? I thought it is was, it Club Nefarious? That's what I thought, I thought so. but yeah. I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, you're you're looking for that club, and 3D audio helps you locate it. Basically, when you're walking oh. around the city, and like I'm sure I'm sure you don't need the 3D audio. Like I'm sure if you're playing on your TV, you'll just find, you'll just end up finding it. But if you have the headphones, if you if you have 3D audio available, then you will be able to you will be able to tell where that club is based on the um, where the music is pumping from uh, in that 3D audio, which again I think is really cool. Um, they talked about they talked about a plenty of things of that ilk, right? In terms of uh, animations, uh, um, uh, expressiveness, wind affects fur, and so like that's a really cool thing. That's one of those things where if you told me that PS4 games didn't do that, I would have been like, do they not? I I feel like I've yeah, seen this yeah, before, yeah. but they pointed it out, uh, which seemed really cool. And then um, they they also talked about how they added more life to secondary characters, and so like there are characters that you'll, that you'll see that all have to be like enemies or random NPCs that have a lot more detail to them. You know, they talked about like items hanging from them flaps in their uh clothes things like that that again things that you probably wouldn't notice just playing a game regularly but jumping into next gen and 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 understanding what that does for uh developing a game that's that's the thing that they really talked about was like yo yeah we're able to do this now and this is really cool and them showing it off was really cool and so yeah i'm looking forward to all that I sent Baird here this Insomniac tweet confirming Club Nefarious and also making a great Falcon Winter Soldier reference of uh, awesome. Ratchet and Glenn dancing there. It's uh, a great gift. It is. Uh, believe it or not, blessing at Oye Jr. We weren't the only kind of funny members who went and saw this here game. Uh, the ex-bot himself, Paris Lilly, uh, somehow snuck into this Ratchet and Clank presentation. And he wanted to be part of the conversation, but he had to go take care of his family because, of course, time zones. And so he wrote in with his six takeaways. Are you ready, blessing? I am ready. Paris Lilly from the Kind of Funny X-Cast, available each and every Saturday, 6 a.m., writes in. Number one, the rivet gameplay loop against Pierre and his band of pirates encourages you to use your entire arsenal of weapons to defeat enemies in fun and unique ways. Again, something we've touched on uh, throughout this preview, but 
I think in I talked about it, you know uh, when we did the Ratchet PS4 uh, review or whatever you want to call it, you know uh, retrospective. It was that thing of me getting to the end and being like, oh right, I'm supposed to use more than just my favorite weapons, and yeah. it was also that thing of even when I was in the battles, not using every weapon, using very specific ones and being like, oh, well, I'm not really a fan of them, blah blah blah. The way we've seen ratchet and rivet play throughout this i do want to experiment with all the weapons and it's what we're talking about you know to uh this perspective of okay here's the you know the, tri- uh, the trinity of what we're looking for in terms of spectacle strategy uh humor like i want to see what every gun does and i want to see what every item does and i think these demos we've gone through you get that you see that you understand that in terms of like yeah i do want to try all this right yeah, that's I, I think that comes back to what I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation of this Ratchet and Clank being the Ratchet and Clank you know and love. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank 2016, for me, play, playing it again this last time, that was the thing that I very much noticed of switching back and forth between all my weapons and it not being a game where you're where you're mastering three weapons and that's it. You really got to go go back and forth. Every time you click that weapon wheel, the game slows down. You have to like switch a new one uh, and really empty, em- empty everything you got out. Uh, yeah. which is really fun and seeing them do that in this demo and seeing seeing them do that in a way that felt fresh new and different because like you know you could you could I think you could you could point that out and be like cool the last game had that but the way that this game has it looks and feels different from the way that the last game had it because it has new weapons and it has it has uh, 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 different ways it approaches combat scenarios and all this stuff and so it looks really fun and yeah I, I look forward to uh, them improving on that gameplay loop because I think I think it is such a good one 100% uh paris lily's number two of six here goes like this uh jennifer hale is on her a game is rivet some of her best work and the overall voice cast and music is fantastic we've already talked about music obviously and voice cast you'd expect to be great and i think we're seeing that yeah. but yeah that was one of my as soon as it ended they opened it for questions after we had that demo i had questions about uh, uh rivet uh, of course jennifer hale uh, fem shep uh, out there playing rivet doing a great job agreed i think she's already super charming super interesting what it was but i asked the anime the team that were there the writers for it and the animators right uh, of what was going on and how much she brought to the character right and, and Lindsay, one of the animators there was said to me like i was like you know is it, when you write this character when you make this character when you start you know designing the actual model for the character how much does jennifer hale bring to it and how much is just on the page and Lindsay said quote as an animator we animate to the voice she's absolutely a contributor to the character and i think that shines through as you just a little bit we've seen right and the way jennifer gets wrapped around the character she is and the wraps around her and what you get out of it like i can't wait to see what they do for the entire game with her yeah that sounds awesome uh, number three for Mr. Lily was this. The instant loading of levels and streaming only what is needed at the moment via SSD creates unique game scenarios uh, hopping uh, between rifts to fight enemies and during boss encounters. And yeah, like the technical feats of what you're seeing, it, it is that over and over again as we watch it, the not disbelief, but the fact of like, man, this isn't a cutscene. This is actually putting all this out there and you're actually getting it in real time. Mm-hmm. The The one thing I'll shout out as not even a critique, but as a hope, is that uh, jumping between dimensional rifts is more fun than it looks to me. Because I think it's you a know, really like cool the, idea. Just a pull, the straight pull. Like it's it's but, almost like a silent movie pull or whatever. Yeah, like it looks like it happens very instantly, which is really cool because that's the SSD at, at work. But it 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 seems very fixed in a way that makes me wonder: Is it? it Am, am I basically just ziplining to a point, right? Is yeah. that is it glorified ziplining? You know, yeah. is there is there going to be 
creative moments where I'm going back and forth and I feel like I am doing something that is beyond that. There was the one scene in the state of play that we saw where they're in a boss fight and they and Ratchet took or might have been Rivet. One of them took a dimensional porter, portal that took them to a new environment and the boss fight continued in that new environment. That was the coolest function of the Rift I think we've seen so far. And so I hope there are more moments like that and more moments that feel uh, as dynamic as that. Uh, real quick, too, I want to call out this fight right here as uh, we're watching. This was a, a boss battle here with the Fixer, right? Uh, I thought it did a great job of showing... Well, first off, there was one of the rift pulls you were just talking about. But the mm -hmm. speed of it, the beauty of it, the stuff going on, and then also, I don't know how much... I guess you can't hear any, but probably the humor of this. Like, the Fixer yeah. stuff overall was super funny, and I'm excited to see more of that peppered throughout the game. Uh, number four on Paris's rundown here was the dev, key, the dev team discussing how they take full advantage of the dual sense and 3D audio sets this up to be the most immersive ratchet to date. I think yeah, he's echoing what we've talked about here, right? Where I was talking about the controller, you were talking about the 3D audio. Like it'll be fascinating to sit there. And this actually, you know what, blessing? I'm kicking up my feet and asking you a question here. Mm -hmm. 3D audio, the old yes. PlayStation Five and everything to do. Are you playing your most of your games with the headset, or are you playing on speakers? I'm playing all of my games with the headset, and that's mainly yeah. because I'm playing on a monitor that doesn't have speakers, and so I have to play on a headset. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah, but because of that, I do get... Uh, when games use 3D audio, I do experience that, and the two games I've played so far that have used it that have made, I think, a meaningful impact in my, in, uh, my experience with the game have been Returnal and Resident Evil 8. I think both those games have, specifically Returnal, had a, had a phenomenal use of 3D audio. And so now, now that the, now that it's becoming more and more of a bullet point in in these big AAA uh PlayStation games, I'm it actually does get me excited. I do see that I'm like, "Oh, let's go. Okay, let's see how this works." Yeah, I I asked because like uh I've been playing a lot of stuff at launch I played on the headset and then uh now that I'm here in the new space and I can play uh, at night and not wake up my wife cuz she's in the next room. Uh, I was playing Returnal off the soundbar and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I wonder how much I'm losing by not having the mm. headset on anymore and how it's going." Yeah, and I don't think you're I don't, I won't even say you're losing anything per se. I think I think it's all additive in the way sure. that, you know, like hearing the creatures in like a, in a certain corner from Returnal and the first like few hours of me playing, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I, I really feel like I'm in it. I'm all immersed in all and all yeah, that yeah. shit. But like, you know, I'm sure if I played it on my TV, I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, number five from Paris. Uh, love how the pocket dimensions act as side missions, optional but rewarding. Agreed. Echoing what I said earlier. Agreed. And and number six. Visually, this is the best looking video game I have ever seen in Mimic's mid two thousands Pixar quality. I'll I'll go above that and because like we've been doing Pixar in review and I've been watching yeah. along even like uh, just uh, for the fun of it like we're getting to 2010 Pixar quality like, uh, like that was my thing of like like if you go back to Pixar mid 2000 they look great for the time but like their Ratchet and Clank now is taking it definitely a step above that. Mm -hmm. Ratchet's always been that game that I remember we it, we do stuff for, especially like a, a crack in time. Be like, it looks like a Pixar movie. You know what I mean? Like that's when you're talking about something that isn't animated proper. You know what I mean? It feels like an if it was going to be a movie, it's going to be an animated movie, right? A CG movie. This one, watching it, I think just looks spectacular. And I, even not being a big Pixar person, I think you talk about mid two thousands Pixar. Yeah, that's that like that. You're what you think? Yeah. You think these movies looked like back then, and then you go and watch one, and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe how far Pixar's come, let alone the fact that exactly. this video game looks like that and plays like that.
Yeah, the game look, looks incredible. I can, I like every time we see it, I'm like, cool. You know, I'm already sold. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't yeah, I don't need to see, see more, more of it. but I keep getting shown more, and I'm like, all right, you know, this game that's looks beautiful. In- I'm there. That's what I think is fascinating about it is that we're seeing so much of it, and I'm not to the point yet of like, okay, don't show me anymore, or all right, I'm sick of seeing this game. Like, what they're showing is marketed to the correct way of making me go, man, I can't wait to play this. Even seeing it, I'm like, I can't wait to feel what this feels like or, see, you know, not miss the cutscene they're skipping right now to get into it. Mm. Closing thoughts, Blessing. Uh, one last thing I'm going to shout out uh, is there, when one of my panels, the animation panel, uh, they, they said, and I quote, each pixel in the pixelizer, and I should clarify that the pixelizer is the gun that turns your enemies into pixels. Yeah. Each pixel is a perfect ray tracing cube, so you can go into photo mode and check it out. And I thought that was a really cool thing that I should end on whenever, <laughs> when you asked what, I, what, uh, what are my, my final thoughts. And so there you go. Keep that in mind when you go into photo mode in the game. Check out the pixelizer cubes. Ray trace them, all that stuff. Uh, my final thought, of course, is that Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart looks fantastic. I can't wait to play it. And I think these pocket dimensions, if it's not just in the cutscene, these pocket dimensions serve as the perfect place to show Jack and Daxter. Still sticking to that oh, prediction. I'm still sticking to that okay. prediction that okay. there's gonna, that we are going to get into the Jack and Daxter dimension at some point. Just for a I second, you're a mad just man, as an Easter egg. I, I incepted we'll that idea into your bra- uh, you're brain, gonna, Greg. And you know you're what? Gonna, Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do you're it. You're going to go in there. You're going to bump into a precursor egg. What is this? Get zapped out of it. That's all yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boom. Bada bing, bada bing. We got a video game. God. You're a madman. I am. But you know what they say about madmen? Give us the ads, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, obviously, coming out this June. We can't wait for it. June 11th. Uh, obviously, there'll be a ton more coverage here on YouTube.com slash games. So make sure you stay tuned to PS I Love You XOXO, the Kind of Funny Games cast, every other video game thing we put up. <laughs> Twitch, that's the, I don't know. There's, we do a lot of coverage in games dailies and things like that. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, I'll remind you of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games usually to watch us record this show live. Of course, to get the post show we do for each and every episode of PSI Love You. But more importantly, right now, to get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You didn't go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So let's hear about this week's sponsors from me in a different sweatshirt. This podcast is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to comfort, Joey Noel won't stop talking about her purple mattress. It's soft, it's comfortable, and it keeps her cool when she needs to be cool, and it keeps her warm when she needs to be warm. That's because the one thing you can count on in this uncomfortable world is how comfortable your purple mattress is. Uh, Purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's increasingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders neck and hips i don't know how it does it it's just fantastic because of how it's designed the grid doesn't trap air air actually circulates and flows through it so you'll never overheat the grid bounces back uh, as you move and shift unlike memory foam which remembers everything that's why memory foam has craters and divots again joey's been using this for a while now she loves it still uses it has no plans to ever change because she loves that purple mattress and right now you can love yours too you can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns financing is available too Purple really is comfort in an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny10 and use the promo code kindoffunny10. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny10. Promo code kindoffunny10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple. 
Indeed.com slash kind of funny 10 promo code kind of funny 10 terms apply. Our next sponsor is HVMN. Trying to lose a little weight, sleep a little better and not feel so groggy during the day. Health via modern nutrition can help you do all of those things with a few small keto friendly choices to improve your metabolism throughout the day. The average American consumes around 17 teaspoons of added sugar each day. If you put that into your body today, it's the foundation for who you will become tomorrow. Start reaching your goals by being aware of and cutting out unnecessary sugars from your diet. HVMN is obsessed with helping you reach those goals through modern nutrition, powering your metabolism with less sugar and more ketoneness. HVMN is a nutrition company that takes the mystery out of counting macros. The results driven uh, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than competitors. Their products provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. By using real organic ingredients, HVMN has made keto and lifestyle improvements easy with healthy and low sugar uh, options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, and keto collagen powder, or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials at an everyday discount. The one and only big dog, Kevin Coelho, has decided to try to eat better. He has this on his desk right now. He just started it. Uh, they're sending him what he needs. It's getting delivered right to his door. It's super easy. Right, Kevin? Absolutely. I got the full, the, the one with all of them in there. And yeah. let me tell you, it even comes with a, a night-night sleep one called Yawn that I take. Oh, and okay. it helps put me to bed. It's better. Okay. You taking that in the middle of the podcast? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm watching you. I'll, try. I'll see if you're napping. I'll catch you. Uh, whether you're curious about keto, want to improve performance, weight loss, or boost brain and body wellness, HVMN will have a non-intimidating solution for you. HVMN is modern nutrition for modern lifestyles, and their new kits make it easy to embrace healthy living and quickly feel the difference. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners an additional 10% off your first order when you go to HVMN.com slash kindoffunny. Embrace healthy living today go to hvmn.com slash kind of funny for 10 percent off your first order that's hvmn.com slash kind of funny for 10 percent off today 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 and the final sponsor of the day is titan for far too long wall street has neglected the average investor giving out the same old generic advice like buy index funds meanwhile for the ultra wealthy they get access to the premium investment strategies and resources that divide didn't sit, sit well with titan so they built an active investment management platform that's accessible to everyone. Thanks to Titan, now everyday consumers can have their capital invested like a world-class hedge fund. To get started, download the Titan app. There, Titan delivers daily updates, in-depth videos, deep dive reports, podcasts, and more. Titan ensures that clients know the what and the why behind their investments. Uh, it's a super simple to use app, super simple design. Tim was telling about the other day. Unlike conventional investing apps, Titan doesn't invest their clients into publicly traded index funds or mutual funds. Instead, Titan has an in-house investment team that actively manages investment strategies designed to outperform the market. Their goal is to compound your wealth on an average of 15% or more annually, which implies the potential of doubling at least every five years. Uh, Titan manages hundreds of millions of dollars for 25,000 plus clients. Uh, with Titan, you get front row seats to your money, helping you become the smartest investor you've ever been. To start investing with Titan today and get three months free, visit titanvest.com slash kfgames. That's three months free of investing for, oh, I'm sorry. That's three months of investing for free at titanvest.com. 
Titan.com slash KF Games. Titan, first class for your capital. Uh, Blessing, tell me about the PlayStation updates. Yeah, so uh, we just got done with a big old conversation of Ratchet and Clank and Insomniac. And so let's switch gears. Let's talk about insomniac greg should insomniac revisit sunset overdrive <laughs> i asked this question because uh ign reported that sony has registered a trademark for xbox exclusive sunset overdrive this is jordan alleman it looks like sony has registered a trademark for the previously xbox exclusive shooter sunset overdrive spotted by nibel on twitter the trademark was registered at the u.s patent and trademark office in late april it doesn't confirm anything but it is interesting given that sunset overdrive was initially exclusive to xbox one upon its release in 2014 the game then came to PC in 2018 before Sony acquired, acquired Insomniac as a first-party PlayStation Studio in 2019. Greg, first, do you, think, do you think this means anything, the fact that they're patenting it? Two, should they do anything with it? First, no, I don't think it does. Uh, you know, I, when, we had, when I read this one on Games Daily, somebody wrote into you're wrong, but I've never seen it reported on, of like, this is a, non, this is a non-story because Insomniac started the filing before they were even purchased by Sony. Now that it's being finished, it's just the fact that, all right, cool, now Sony obviously owns them, so it goes to them kind of thing. And that totally makes sense of, obviously, you got to protect your trademark, something you have, the, this game exists, and it is their IP. Uh, obviously, now you got to take care of it. So I don't read into it that, oh, man, Sunset Overdrive's coming to PlayStation. Oh, man, this is what's going on. I just think it was a thing tied to them putting it on Steam back, uh, you know, months, year now, whatever it was. Uh, and then, of course, now the idea that, that it's all tied up together. And then number two is I don't think they should. No, I don't think they d- need to come back. Sunset Overdrive is different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And Sunset Overdrive, to me, was this great thing to show off the xbox one and the run-up to xbox one i played a bunch of different previews of it i did preview coverage for it at ign uh and then it was you know cool when it dropped and it didn't set the world on fires for reviews I've, i was on vacation or something or if i make it dropped and i immediately went to japan i think and when i came back and reviews were like yeah it's fine it's you know it, 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 you, you, you like the preview it's the preview and i was like oh i liked the preview but i didn't like the preview enough to want eight hours of just what I played. I want it to evolve. I want it to change. And so there was this, there is this audience that has a very soft spot for it because it's a fun game and it's a beautiful game and it controls really well. And I think, especially as we watch what we just saw with ratchet, you know what I mean? Rift, uh, rift apart of these crazy, uh, you know, linking together your moves to grind on the rails to Joe and jump off the thing. You look at the locomotion of Spider-Man, like so much of that DNA is inside of sunset overdrive, but mm-hmm. I think we're in such a different place now with PlayStation owning Insomniac that is Sunset Overdrive going to move the needle if you put it out? Is PlayStation, you think about everything we've talked about in the past few weeks of how PlayStation is playing the first parties, uh, what they're putting out as exclusives. Is PlayStation in need of, hey, cool, here's this game that isn't bad, isn't amazing. It's just a game that, you know, is an eight somewhere in there, whatever. People, you know, like it or don't like it or they missed it. Like, are they hurting that they're like, you know what we should do? put this out on PlayStation 5 as well? No. Like, one of the, I, I, I don't think it's going to move enough units to justify the cost of porting it over and doing all this different stuff. Really? See, I, I think porting it over would be the move. You know, I don't think... I'm sure there there are folks out there who are thirsting for a Sunset Overdrive too, but I don't I don't sure. think I don't think that would be the move for them, especially when you look at the projects that Insomniac does work on. Like they work on Inspired Man and they work on Ratchet and Clank. And yeah. I think between those two and between uh other potential projects they could work on, I don't think a Sunset Overdrive two would be the move. You know, I think there's just way more potential and way more forever yeah. for the other projects. But you know, I think 
porting Sunset Overdrive just as an additional game for the PlayStation audience to have, especially if you go, cool, we're just going to port it over to PlayStation 5 so that it can so that it can be this upgraded version with ray tracing and 60 fps 4k all the bells and whistles of next gen i think you i think you do that so you can say you have the best version of this game and maybe you not say that because that doesn't matter at this point for sunset overdrive you just you just give it give it to the playstation audience in some form because now you have this you have this ip you have this game that's sitting around i'm sure porting it uh uh compared to a lot of other things for playstation still work to do for sure but uh i think it's work worth doing just to have an additional game for the audience i think i think that would be the move but beyond that beyond uh i don't think i don't think there's much to do with sunset overdrive my thought process on not do, doing the port for it because obviously yeah you could put out you could do the money right right now it has an 81 on metacritic it's got a 90 at ign for the review they did on it right 80 a giant bomb like you could do that but what is the narrative you know i don't understand the narrative behind putting it out and it's mm-hmm. like Okay, I guess money to an extent, but hey, here's this game from Insomniac that used to be Xbox. So you're already talking about the fact that you're getting it super late. Okay, we don't want to go that way. Here's this game from Insomniac that isn't as good as Ratchet or as good as Spider-Man. Like, okay, why would we put out a game that right now Insomniac to the PlayStation audience, understandably and justifiably, is untouchable? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales about to have Ratchet rift. I mean, like these are, I mean, I'm obviously I have not reviewed or played Ratchet, but it looks like it's going to be fucking banger. Like, do you want to get in the way of that with also like, here's this other game and they play it and like, oh, well, this is a weird out of time open world game that was impressive as base. And I know it wasn't exactly, but basically, or no, it wasn't exactly an Xbox launch game, right? It wasn't Dane. Dane. No, it was the year after it was 2014. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, this, oh, yeah, because it got delayed. It was supposed to be. Yeah, it was launch window, I guess. We could Here's say. this 2014 Insomniac. And, like, the, it's the other thing there of, like, it's not going to hold up. Like, a 2014 game, and especially for open world traversal and all stuff, isn't going to feel as good as it should seven years later. Or would it? You don't think so? I, see, I think that's the time. Knowing Insomniac, because I played, I played a little bit of Sunset Overdrive on Xbox, and if it looks and feels like an Insomniac game. And I think Insomniac games tend to just have a better feel than so many other games because they have that down. A lot of their games are about traversal and how you get around and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't think it will age perfectly, but if you do a remaster of it uh, and put it on a PS5, I'm sure, I'm sure it could, it could sit, uh, uh, by similar games and people would be fine with it or people would, would be excited to try it out. I think the reason you do it would be to test the waters and see like, all right, is what is the interest in sunset overdrive? Because I would say, I'm curious, uh, maybe Barry, you could look this up. What is Sunset Overdrive's Metacritic versus Ratchet and Clank 2016's Metacritic? Ooh, because I think eighty one, eighty one for uh, in, or for for, Insom, for Sunset, oh, Sunset, yeah, eighty one. Because I think you could make the case that you could get Sunset Overdrive to that similar level levels of hype for uh, as a Ratchet eighty five because for I, ra- a twenty sixteen Ratchet eighty five. Okay, so that's what four Metacritic points uh, above it. Yeah. Like so I don't it's, think it's in the same ballpark. I wouldn't say Ratchet is leagues. Uh, leagues ahead of Sunset in terms of quality. I think in terms of uh, uh, fans and people that are invested in the franchise, because there's been so many Ratchet, Ratchet games. Sure. Yes. But, you know, if you did want the option of building something up, you know, as a to test the waters to see, hey, is Sunset Overdrive 2 worth doing and try to get that in the same place as something like Ratchet? 
I could see it, but it is that thing of, well, you already it, have Spider-Man. Here's my thing. In 2014, when you're hurting for Xbox One games, right? Like the reviews, they're positive again. Like, you know, I'm, and I'm just using the Medicare thing, but US Gamer, 90. A welcome change of pace from the dour, serious AAA games we've been playing all year. Insomniac asks, who do you want to be? With tons of customization options, some great weapons, and a very physical way to get around the city. The game feels a bit light in the content department, but it's undeniably fun. Like, I feel like as we start, like, and I, there was another one here. Uh, Aus Gamers gave it an 88. Sunset Overdrive may not be the deepest experience, but it's a game that shows shows evidence of immaculate craft. Like, it I sounds just like Ratchet and Clank 2016 to me. No, nah, you're crazy. You could use those same those same descriptors. What do you mean, Greg? If, if you, I, you like, kind of had that same sentiment when you guys talked about 2016. Because I'm I'm saying I'm saying. And for, like for me, uh, uh, like obviously, I prefer Ratchet and Clank just because I'm a ra- I, I like Ratchet sure. and Clank as a series and as the type of game it is. But the point I, the point I am making is that I think there's a I think there's they are similar levels in terms of I guess I guess in terms of game quality is what I'm saying. Like if you I I think if you if you put feelers out there and you wanted to go hard with Sunset Overdrive two and make it a core Insomniac PlayStation franchise first party thing, I think you could do it, but. That's also like a lot of work that I don't think they would do because why? <laughs> I think it's a more uphill battle to get it to Ratchet and Clank status, like you're talking about. That's mm. all I'm saying, and, that, okay. and so that's the difference for me in terms of like the investment to it. If I was, if I'm being told, if I'm a betting man, and I was like, how do you make this worth PlayStation's wild? I would say you. Don't, I I wouldn't remaster it as much as port it, right? Not worry about the ray tracing, not worry about that stuff, and then I'd PlayStation Plus it right away. Of like, hey, mm. Sunset Overdrive, here it is, PlayStation Plus. If you don't want to do it, it's 30 bucks or whatever on the store. You can get it. But like that would be more of a, hey, yeah, this game's old, but we want to honor Insomniac's roots and maybe see, you know, if people care about it. Yeah. But I say, no, don't even worry about it. Just worry about Spider-Man and Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever PlayStation VR 2 game you're working on. Uh, Greg, we have one more PlayStation update for you. Uh, I know there are many folks who are listening to this show that are like, hey, when might I get my hands on a PlayStation 5? Not fucking soon. That's when. Don't hold your breath, uh, because uh, this is from Takashi Mochizuki at Bloomberg. Apparently, according to PlayStation, PlayStation Five supply is going to be tight even until next year. Sony warned a group of analysts the PlayStation Five will remain in short supply through 2022, suggesting the company will be constrained in its ability to boost sales targets for its latest games console. While reporting financial results in late April, the Japanese conglomerate said it had sold 7.8 million units of the console through March 31st, and it is aiming to sell at least 14.8 million units in the current fiscal year. Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Tatoki said, quote, I don't think demand is calming down this year, and even if we secure a lot more devices and produce many more units of the PlayStation 5 next year, our supply wouldn't be able to catch up with demand, end quote. That report from Bloomberg followed a report that came out earlier about how there's a PS5 redesign in the works. Uh, this comes from Alex Newhouse at GameSpot. The PlayStation 5 may be getting a new design in 2022, but likely, but but it likely will be limited uh, to its internal architecture. Due to the global semiconductor shortage, the PS5's CPU might get swapped to help scale up production. Uh, and that's the thing we've been talking about for a while. The semiconductor shortage has been, been affecting all sorts of different types of hardware technology. The PS5 has been affected by it. The Switch, PCs, pretty much any any types any type of of uh like technology that uses a cpu basically that you're that you're in search of is being affected by the semiconductor shortage and so with all with all this combined greg we got a question from austin who wrote in a patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says hi gang 
Does Sony saying PS5 supply issues will continue into 2022 concern you at all regarding the long-term health of the PS5 in terms of developer slash install base? When I say developer support, uh, I don't mean games, but more, but more so PS5-specific features like haptic feedback, game cards, etc. Greg, how much does this shortage make you worry? Worry isn't the right word. It's more the fact that I think it, I, I guess I, yeah, worry is maybe the word. It's not that I'm worried like it keeps me awake at night, but I would think the concern would be the fact that, cool, the, you still can't get enough PlayStation 5s out there as fast as you want to, so you're going to see more of these cross-gen games where we are going to see more things that are PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, or just PlayStation 4 that you then play on your PlayStation 5. I think that baton pass-off to the next generation has happened fa- will have happened faster in the past because of the fact that, all right, cool, there's an audience ready to go. Now, there's always the counter-argument of, People with PlayStation 5s are going to be desperate to play PlayStation 5 games. Again, it's what we talked about already this year, right, of Outriders hits because guess what? It's a AAA next-gen game. Let's everybody go play it. Uh, Returnal making all sorts of waves because it's a fantastic game, but I would imagine the attach rate to the PlayStation 5 is going to be pretty dope on it because people want to play PlayStation 5 games. So it is this argument in, in hedging your bets on what you can make work, but obviously for a Ubisoft, for an Activision, for a big corporation that's trying to make as much money off their games as possible, being able to be on this, the, you know, the one that has what more than 118 million units shipped right now is where you want to be rather than, all right, well, we can get a whole bunch of the PlayStation 5s, I think, that have sold. Yeah. I right, to, to Austin's question, I think, yeah, you will, you will see the more cross-gen games like greg is talking about you will see more you will see probably less games use uh uh or support heavily the haptic feedback and like the specific features of the ps5 because they're trying to work for both both gen because the install base might not be might not be there as much as with the ps4 but i i I, greg i'm with you that worry isn't the word for me like i'm not worried about it because i think like so far from what we've gotten we have gotten quite a few games have come out that are cross-gen or ps4 and then we've gotten a few ps5 exclusives and for the ones that we've gotten they've used the dual sense and all that stuff uh enough so that i do feel like i'm getting my money's worth like i don't feel like i am missing it in games that i'm playing in cross-gen and even for games that are cross-gen like resident evil 8 that we just got like there are a few a few ps5 or dual sense features that are present and uh i don't like I, when i'm playing that game i don't feel myself missing it i'm not i'm not playing that game wishing that it was doing what Returnal is doing, and I, I I think that comes down to the thing of each game is is kind of its own, and I'm going into Returnal with the expectation that it's a Sony first party PS5 game, whereas I'm going into Resident Evil Village with the expectation that it is a a third party game. And even throughout the PS4 generation, we have plenty of games that would maybe support the touchpad, maybe not support the touchpad, right? And a lot of that will come back to, all right, is this game also on PC and Xbox, or is this game also on the Switch? Because those game those consoles don't have the same features and so there you don't ha- you can't really have that same level of expectation of support for these features because of cross platform and that's always the thing yeah what you're talking about is cross cross platform you're going to see or third party games you're going to see varying degrees of are we using the triggers are we using the haptics here whereas yeah i think you look if this is the conversation and like justifying it and making you feel like you're not starving the you turn your attention to playstation and you turn your attention to all right cool are you giving me playstation 5 experiences that justify the price tag and give me the cool thing and you know what we're talking about with returnal so many times this these past weeks has been this conversation of returnal 
while is it is some kind of har, uh, hybrid between an arcade game and uh, a roguelike and a third-person shooter, it also feels, even though you want to look at that as a smaller experience or some people want to make it out to be a smaller experience, it feels like a PlayStation 5 game. The controls, the audio, the feedback, everything in the graphics, obviously, are in performance and loads, all that's being wrapped up to where people are like, oh, man, $70? And the people who are reviewing it and talking about it are saying, well, yes, but it is more than what you're expecting if you're hearing it's a roguelike from housemark like there is a secret sauce to that there is a magic to it there is a playstation 5 thing to it so you start then looking at okay cool even if this supply chain right is getting all screwed up and we're not doing the thing and you're not going to get as many third parties approaching it is playstation still spending money with developers to make sure they are uh, you know what does Keenan Bridges Spirits look like? What does Jet the Far Shore uh, Jet the Far Shore look like in terms of how they're using the PlayStation Five features in a way they couldn't get anywhere else and we couldn't get anywhere else? Where even if I was playing this on PlayStation Four, like think of Miles Morales, right, or Bug Snacks, even where yep, there's a PlayStation Four version of that, and I don't think either. I'm reaching. I don't think neither of those games have a moment where I was like, whoa, the Dual Sense, like what are they? Think? But I remember the load times. I remember playing Bug Snacks on PlayStation 5 next to Jen where she, she was playing it on PS4 and seeing a load screen I never saw on PlayStation 5 because it just didn't exist. And the same thing with yeah. Miles, right, of being right into the game and ready to go. And so are you justifying to me why the PlayStation 5 exists and why I'm buying a different version of that game? And yes, I wish every I wish we were in a perfect world wherever you get PS5 and all sorts of developers and publishers were like, cool, we're making the switch over. You know, we're winding down PlayStation 4. This is where we're going, but we don't. But am I being, is my purchase being justified? You know, if you look at something right now where it's like, you know, uh, Friday, Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out. And we're all like, cool, when they announced it, like, oh, wait, there's no PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X version. They're like, no, so we're doing it for the other ones. You're like, I get it, but that sucks. Like, I, want, <laughs> I wanted yeah. the big one, right? Yeah uh greg i think i i think i said that that last one was our our last playstation update but i forgot that it was actually one big update that happened another today. one that was, uh, another one uh that wow you're really preparing for that dj Khaled. i'm screen. ready i know that and i know megan fox that's all i got that's all i knew oh, yeah. know well you just know you just know megan fox exists jennifer body i remember that movie i went and saw oh, jennifer's, jennifer's body, body jennifer's body jennifer i won't make body. that mistake tomorrow i'm sorry yeah. i also saw one of the transformers no two of the transformers yeah. she was in she was also in uh like a season or two of new girls she was really good in that oh really i didn't watch yeah. that yeah, so mm-hmm. some would argue oh. that's the best part of that show when uh, the main character left, so she came in Dude. to fill that spot. Essentially, wait, really? So I've been hearing a lot of good things about I've I've New been hearing, I've, I've heard many great things about New Girl over the years, but I never really gave it a shot. And now that I'm here in 2021, I've started regretting it a little bit because I've been seeing clips pop up on TikTok. Yeah, from New Girl because TikTok just loves uploading shows <laughs> to the platform, even though it's a minute long platform. Well, I guess you've they, seen the one where they they have the conversation about towels. I've seen that one a lot. Mm. Oh, the, oh, oh, yeah! I've seen that one. The yeah, one where, where, they're, where, where they're, they're like, "You've been using my, my about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Great I, I think it's every time great, I see clips, I'm like, "Damn, this show seems great." I it's watch a, it's it. a great ensemble cast. Uh, the main character, Jessica Day, I think is her her name. Um, Isn't it Zoe Dash? No? Yeah, it, it, but oh, yeah, I see. You said the character. The, the, the character, character Jessica apologies. Day. Yeah. is like she gets frustrating i would say and especially being married to someone who is also a teacher or she is a teacher mm-hmm. in the show it's like just a lot, a lot of things she does it's just like uh, all right it's a little frustrating to watch but the ensemble cast 
fucking awesome and they're hilarious and it's a, a group a good crew that's my thing characters. is there seems to be i don't know the name of the, the the characters but there is a um like a duo maybe a trio of dudes in the show yeah. that seem hilarious it's like the black dude and there's a white dude uh, uh that have a funny energy to them that no, makes yeah, me that, check it out. they have such a great rapport between the the three of them um and then like the Oh, in like the pilot, it was uh, oh shit, I'm losing his name, but it was like someone else who who uh, like only did the pilot, and then he was replaced by someone else. But then he comes back like a couple seasons later as kind of like a season regular at some oh, point. Oh, coach, yeah, coach, yeah, uh, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, like he only came really? in for an episode, and then he left for like a few seasons because then they he, went like, and did let, let let's be cops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he came back to the show for like a season or two, and it's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like Coach Winston Schmidt and Nick like play off of each other so fucking well they get so absurd with uh, some of the episodes it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a, a great time. show it's fun i might check it out i might check it out uh but greg the, the one story i forgot to bring up here was the story about psvr you <clears throat> you talked about this one on kfgd yeah. uh and i don't need i don't need to go through the whole thing but i basically want to do like a psvr check-in because we haven't talked about psvr in a while uh on this show at least it feels like like where are you at with psvr too and what are like if you can sum up what's been what's what the latest update is with psvr so today yeah, upload vr yeah, ian hamilton put up a, a piece where they had a bunch of sort they had a source uh, tell reliable sources tell them a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff about playstation 5 vr and let me tell you one thing it sounds fucking great all right really? okay here yeah, we go. yeah 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 so it's got the whole inside out tracking so don't worry about the camera. So it's looking down at you. So like, you know, we don't have to worry about that. It's the one USB-C cable to the thing. We already knew it was one cable, but the fact that they're like, oh, it's one USB-C thing makes me think about how small like the Oculus uh, Quest link or the Oculus link cable is for Oculus Quest to a tower like that. Uh, the resolution is better than uh, Oculus Quest 2, but hold on, let me pull it up. It's better yeah, than Oculus Quest 2, like it's but 4K. it's less than HP, HP uh, Reverb G2, which they say is the current market leader. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, the, the what they put? They put the, the details include the resolution of 4,000 by 2040 pixels, which okay. is 2,000 by 2040 per eye. Uh, a lens separation uh, thing. Uh, the gaze tracking capable of foveate rendering. Foveated rendering. Are you familiar with this? No, I have no I'd idea. I asked the chat today, and it they were like, "Oh, that's fancy." It's, it's it is fancy, and what they're what they're doing with this and talking about the rendering, right? Is it's a lot what we're just talking about with Ratchet, where rather than spin the camera and only render what's in front of you, this tracks your eye. And, and then also when you he- move your head, but it's tracking your eye. So it's only, it's putting the detail there and like not around there. So you can get better stuff in front of you and not, and not a cost of trying to render the entire environment at all times. Gotcha. So it's one of the Damn. very, very uh, tech things. Then it's got a uh, direct haptic feedback. They were talking about uh, with the headset, which I was like, why the fuck would somebody do that? And somebody in your, I don't want my head getting sh- shaken up and somebody in you're wrong was like, actually it could help with motion sickness, but I didn't, they didn't link that. They just said that. And I, I guess I believe them because why not? And I just told you, but Basically, what I'm saying is I am stoked about this. This sounds like a whole bunch of fixes for things we didn't like about PlayStation VR 1 or that we knew, knew needed to change. But if it's just one cable, because, again, even when they mentioned cable, I was still in Pictionering, the box, and all this other stuff. If it's that, if yeah. it's got no more camera to have to worry about being in front of eyelines for. Now, have, you, actually, have you accepted that it's not going to be backwards compatible yet? No. I have not okay. accepted that. Right, I refuse well, to accept that. Take to, to accept you, that. you have some time. Greg. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, You have some time <laughs> well, to accept I mean, that, we had I mean, we had this conversation before. Right? I just no, I, I, know, I, know, I, I know, just find I know, it I so hard to believe. There's definitely going to be games that it's going to be interesting. They'll probably do that thing where it's like they're going to have to re put out games of like it's you know 
Iron Man, you know, imp- has a, P- a PSVR 2 patch or something like that, right? Where it gives for you a sure. different control mechanism or uh, control option for it. That, that's my thing is I think they're like they're, the essential games or the big games or the games that have cross-platform releases between PSVR and Oculus and other stuff mm-hmm. are probably going to either have updates or new versions that will come out very quickly. Like I think Beat Saber will for sure. Oh, God, yeah. They'll have, have that fixed. Uh, yeah, they'll have that fixed day one. Where yeah. it's like, okay, cool, we have an update and we know how to do this because we developed it with this tracking in mind for other platforms. But I don't, I, I, I'm, I just, I just need to get there. I, I got to get there and see. Once I get my hands on it, I mean, then I'll be able to, like, no, okay. you, ra- you raise a great point, and we talked about it before of like, you know, like, it's not, it, well, no, didn't we, we did talk about this before, and I was like, no, it, I, in the, I, there was like somebody who said you can just patch it in that to tell we the game to look for it. We called somebody from Upload VR, I think. Oh, David, right? Did, or yeah. Did we, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't. We tried to call David. He was doing a thing, so he texted back. Yes. That's right. Hold on. Let me. Yeah. I still have my text, probably. Probably. <laughs> Let's check one. Uh, yeah. David, of course, now works at Facebook. Yeah. We were very much on different sides of this conversation. And I was like, and no, he, no, they're going to be able to do it. He's, a, he's, a, he's more of an expert, and so I. I I believe we go to him, March twenty second. March twenty second. We were recording this show. It looks like, <laughs> and I said, "Do you think the PSVR two will be backwards compatible with PSVR one games? Different hardware setup, right?" He goes, "I think it will be. The only prickly point is the games that were tracked by the DualShock four, but they could just approximate the new controllers for it." I said, "Perfect, thank you." Yeah, oh, that, right that was another thing. Yeah, the DualShock four. I All right, we'll it, see. Guys. We'll see. You have to. You need it. That's got. It's got a library. Let's have the same library. You got to make sacrifices. If the sacrifice is, hey, we got to stick with the setup we have, or we just got to leave behind all the games. I think the Everybody's choice is wanna, leave behind day all the one, games. Day and one, people are going to want to play Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. All right, they're going to be all hey, clamoring for I'm, it. They need I'm to get out sure. There. I'm sure they will. Uh, what is Grand your temperature check on this? Well, no, no. What is your te- on the details I just shared with you? Does that get you going? I mean, half the stuff you mentioned is stuff that kind of goes over my head because I'm not too much of a like you know vr technological person but for uh, it, it sounds exciting like it having higher resolution i think just inherently sounds exciting you know that yeah. sounds like the, playing playstation vr i think there is a noticeable man <laughs> things aren't things aren't as crisp as they could be to it you know if, and if you're telling me that the games are going to look better i'm down if you're going to tell me that the games might have higher um uh, i don't think they mentioned fps here but this is i think this is just me projecting you'd assume, assume so yeah yeah, like if, with the PS5, if you're going to have higher FPS, then let's go. The haptic feedback stuff, one, if it helps with motion sickness, cool. But also, I'm anything that helps with immersion, I'm down for. Uh, and haptic feedback in the helmet itself, if it's as quality as the DualSense, I think that sounds cool. Uh, and the stuff that we already knew, like inside-out tracking, also awesome. You know, uh, yeah. every, everything, everything we've heard about PSVR 2 sounds great, aside from it ha- still having a cable, which is probably necessary. It's probably impossible to get rid of that cable, knowing how knowing that so much of the processing is going on in the actual box itself. But outside of that, I'm super hyped for PSVR 2. Every time I, every time I get reminded of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's happening. That's going to be awesome when it gets here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. PlayStation can't make a, enough PS5s, but they're going to have these PS VR 2s <laughs> ready to roll 2022. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, Greg, a thing I'm looking forward to also are games coming out during the week. And so that's why we have PlayStation Picks, where we highlighted a few of the cool looking games coming to PSN this week. We got a long list of big hitters, starting with Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Uh, that came out on PS5 and PS4 on Monday. Uh, we got Destiny, Destiny 2 season. I do Just not say like it. You hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave it another <laughs> chance last night uh yeah. and i just couldn't do it i cannot do it i i don't know what i don't know i don't i don't understand that game it's like a it's i've talked about it before it's a pvpve game right 
um it's you versus another team versus enemies your both teams are trying to perform a heist but it's like it's it's robin hood aesthetic and so like you got Here's folks a, with bow and arrows and shit i'd like, and, I'd like to do a dramatic reading if i may ladies and gentlemen on the kind of funny slack there's a channel called game codes this is where people go hey can we get this game or i say hey these people are approaching us for review codes who wants it but you can also put in there hey greg can you go get this because you know i know everybody so it's uh, my job to pr interface uh may 3rd 9:05 p.m. Mike Howard says, "Hey Greg, any way I can get a hood and outlaw? Can I get a hood outlaws and legends code for Xbox? Wanted to ask before I buy it. Thank you." Blessing chimes in. Hi, I too would like a hood outlaws and legend codes. And I was like, "All right, cool." I come back. I'm hit him up. I'm t- explaining who I'm going to. Blah blah. Get the codes. I put them out there. Blessing, yes. And I go, would I like this game? Because I had heard nothing about this game, and then you you jabronis pop up, all excited about it. Mike Howard goes. I'm like, would I like this game? Mike pops up. Two teams, 4v4, PvPVE. The goal is to pull off a heist in a medieval setting. Both teams look to secure the key from the big NPC guard, loot the treasure, and make it out safely, all while the other team and NPCs try to stop them slash do the same thing. Four classes seems like a good amount of maps to kick off the game, I think. Don't quote me. But I believe there is crossplay. One of the few new multiplayer releases on the calendar for the start of the new year, to which I respond. He said to not quote him on that, Greg. Well, no, I mean, if we say don't quote him here, like, I don't know. And also, we can bear Google it. It is crossplay. It is crossplay. Oh, there it is. There it's done. I didn't even need to Google it. He says all that, and my response is just, my response is just, oh, oh, no, no, that's not for me. (laughs) I was like, when he's like, oh, it's multiplayer, PvPVE, there's all this stuff, it's medieval. I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm not even going to try this game. I got got excited because we've seen trailers for it in the whole Summer Games mess. I think there are at least two different events that had trailers for Hood Outlaws and Legends. And both times, I was like, Oh, this seems like it could be fun. And the closer we've gotten to it, the more I've been like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's try it out. Uh, so when we got it, I was like, all right, here it is. Let's play some Hood Outlaws and Legends. Hopefully this hooks us in. And my two gripes with it are, one, it is way too complicated. There, are, There's way too much go- going on. And so we talk about the, the PvPVE. And yeah, like the whole setup is, yeah, two teams doing heists, NPCs, all this stuff. Uh, there are just way too many steps per match and things that are going on. And so you and your team are trying to stealth through these fortresses and figure out uh what npc which npc has the key you're then trying to uh, uh pickpocket the key out of that npc out of the npc so you can go then uh take it to unlock the treasure you're then taking that treasure and then trying to take it back to the winch and then you're winching it onto your ship and both teams are trying to do that exact thing and they're both fighting with the npcs and fighting with each other and it's it's there's just way too many steps in this multiplayer game my second gripe with it is that the gameplay just isn't fun. It yeah. looks fun. I watch videos of it and I'm like, this looks like a good time, but actually playing it like the collision of um, your, your arrows or, or crossbows or whatever weapon you're using. And then also your melee attacks just don't feel good. It feels crunchy in a way that's bad. You know, it feels yeah. like you're just hacking away at bullet sponges and it doesn't feel great to me. Those are my okay. two gripes. Yeah, I understand. Delete it from the hard drive. Move on with your life. Yeah. But it came out Monday, May 10th. If, if that sounds fun to you, boom, go get them. Uh, there's, also new, there's also Destiny 2 Season of the Splicer that came out Tuesday, May 11th for PS5 and PS4. That is one that I've heard good things about. And so if you're a Destiny fan, congratulations. Unless that person that I saw on Twitter that t- talked about it was wrong, in which that case, I'm sorry for you. Uh, we also got <laughs> <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm stoked that <laughs> happened, or sorry, but I ain't reading that. Or I'm, or, or I'm sorry that happened. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Wrath of the Druids DLC Ooh. came out for PS5, or is coming out for PS5 and PS4 on Thursday, May 13th. Eric, what's your and, temperature check on this one? 
Me? Yeah. I'm interested to see if it'll get me back into Valhalla. Like, I, I feel like I'm in the minority that really liked uh, Valhalla. I feel like for some reason there's been an insurgence of people on Twitter like the last couple of weeks. We've been talking major shit about that game. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to see if it brings me back into that world. I, I really liked my Eivor uh, and the, the relationship that, uh, relationships that I made in there. So, yeah, I definitely want to try it out and see if I stick with it and, and stuff like that. I feel like major expansions like this. I don't even know how major this one is, but, like, kind of like whatever story, story expansions, whatever you call them, are usually not my, like, thing that I usually go to. But I, I want to try this out and uh, uh, just kind of be in that world again because that, that game is so pretty and just so fun to be in. So, yeah. I'll I got go, my I got a code for it over the weekend and, and spent some a couple hours with it on Sunday afternoon because I'm a, I'm not in a similar boat to you. Obviously, you beat Valhalla, you went all the way through. Whereas oh, yeah. I did the my usual Ubisoft thing at times of like, all right, cool, it's 33 hours in and I need to move on to something else for review and then I'll get back to you. And I never got back to it. So when this dropped, I was like, oh man, like this will be a great way to get me back in and give me something to go do and start off and. I was surprised after, you know, usually I think you leave a game behind and you come back and there's such a learning curve to get back on right. the horse like kind of we, thing. Like what we tried to do with Destiny 2 recently. Uh, yeah, exactly. Destiny 2. It's like, yeah, like when we, we got ourselves hyped to get back into that game for some fucking reason. Turned <laughs> it back on. Like, what we, the fuck is happening? We both put it on for two hours and then learned. Like, Let's go run this thing. Everybody says this is great. You want me to pay for it? Ah, oh, fuck. I'm yeah, out of here. I, I forgot that. that like, oh, it, all of the expansions are free on Game Pass. And yeah, exactly. Like, oh, all right. Well, I'm not getting No, this one, I was, I was shocked of how easy it was to get back in the rhythm immediately. Nice. And how much, and again, how much fun Valhalla combat is and how much, uh, you know, to brutalize these people are. And then, to get into this and have the story and understand what was going on but it, it was the same thing uh, that i ran into with and again this isn't a full review by any stretch of the imagination uh it was the same uh because i'm maybe an hour two hours into this thing yeah but it was the same idea of cool i need to get back to returnal and then i went and played a bunch of returnal and i haven't Hell like yeah. felt the pull back to valhalla because mm-hmm. it was like this is more if you want more assassin's creed valhalla which is a ridiculous statement because there's so much assassin's creed well, valhalla in that how game does the, how does the leveling situation <laughs> work because like that's really what staved me off uh to really getting to like the true true end game like uh like almost like epilogue uh part of the story uh, of valhalla is just like how crazy the level grinding got once you got up to like i think it's like I think the level this cap is, in the base game was like 340 or some shit. And I was at like, yeah, no, no, none of that shit's in here. This it's, it's, I think I, I actually popped in today to say hi to uh, our friends, you, uh, Yusef and Chastity, who were streaming it over yeah, on the yeah, Ubisoft yeah. channel. And when I popped in, they tried to give me the pitch. And I was like, motherfuckers, I'm playing it. But I believe Chastity says, <laughs> yeah, you just need a character that's level 50. So it's not, it's, it's not meant to be like, End game stuff, it's meant to be something you can get gotcha, into. And go gotcha, with. gotcha. Hopefully it'll uh, uh, help with, like, uh, if it's leveled for my character at level 280 or whatever, hopefully that'll yeah, you'll be fine. help me boost to even maybe even think about trying to go for the epilogue well you know if you buy some helix credits you could be leveling faster just for (laughs) i did that for odyssey because you know what greg grinding at odyssey fucking sucks yeah honestly this is not an indictment it's just and you know also, this there's is like way too much fucking gear in odyssey i said no it. there isn't dude dude i want you to know like for real i was like i jumped into valhalla and i played a bit and i was like yeah yeah and i was like 
do I delete Valhalla and just re-download Odyssey? Because I never finished all the DLC. Yeah, I love yeah. Odyssey. I, it's, it's ice cream. Awesome. I like Rocky Road. You like you. chocolate. It's yeah, fine. Know, it's fine. I, know, I, know. I love that for you. I do miss Cassandra. I, I, I really like Cassandra. You know what? Fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right. Oh, he's Despite doing my it, overall thoughts on Odyssey, which uh, you can dive in deep on Assassin's Creed interview available at YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, uh, where I dive in deep into all of my thoughts on all the major games. Like, I do really like Cassandra as a character, uh, despite not really liking everything that surrounds her. Um, yeah, Cassandra's really fun. I, I do miss her as a character. Uh, also out or coming out this week is Mass Effect Legendary Edition for PS4. Fr- uh, that's on Friday, May 14th. Let me tell you, I'm so excited for Mass Effect. I was going to say, t- that's what I want. Temperature yeah. check. You've never played Mass Effect. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited just because I you know think you're going to you think you're going to get like get hooked and play them all. Or what's your deal? I I think I'm going to I'm depending on how I feel about the first one. I mean, obviously, that's going to influence how I play the rest. But I go into it. I go into it hoping that I get hooked and hoping that I feel compelled to play the whole uh, series because Mass Effect is a game that is very much uh, when people describe it to me. I'm like, that sounds like everything I, I like in video games. Like, I'm such sure. a big fan of uh like bethesda rpgs right like fallout is one of my favorite uh uh, uh fallout 3 is one of my favorite video game video games of all time and yeah like hearing people talk about it like like hearing hearing about it being like this sci-fi like third person shooter big old rpg where you can make relationships do companion quests and all that stuff yeah. all the stuff that i love about fallout but then also games like outer worlds and similar games has me like there has to be no way that i don't fall into this and so i'm i'm looking forward to it from that aspect I'm, I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping. I, 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 I'm. I'm excited to kick the tires and go. And for me, what's interesting is, you know, I did not like Mass Effect One. Like it, at the time, I thought it was too clunky, and I didn't like the dialogue and getting XP for t- having to go through conversations. Yet a bunch of little things, and maybe I just wasn't in the mood. But Mass Effect Two is the one that I thought the suicide mission, the story was so clear, it was awesome. Hooked fucking adored it like mass effect 3 don't have a huge like you know end end of the world problem with it so i'm excited to start legendary edition and start with one and see the improvements they made for combat and things and see if not only does it no i get not not even does it reinvigorate me to play mass effect one all the way through a game i've never seen i've never rolled credits on and then if i do that does it then while i'm back like do i actually go through because i'll have a new character i'll have new connections to you know my squad mates that i haven't had before in terms of like mm-hmm. where i started with what i thought of garris and rex and things like that uh greg since you're kind of a, a more of an expert than bless and i here uh sure. how how would you estimate long each of these games are like as a total package they're not ridiculous. It's if you want to go through and do everything, right? What? Let, let me get. I don't want to talk yeah, out my that's ass. My, that's been my big fear yeah. when it comes to people asking, all right, are you going to play all three? I'm like, is that going to be 150 hours? <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad, right? Like, uh, how long to beat and complete all of Mass Effect? Beating This is off comic book resources. Uh, beating every game in the trilogy without the DLC will take 67.5 hours. Now, again... You and I okay. both know this isn't how you'll play it. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to main path it, right? Like For that's sure. not how this actually shakes out, right? I'm looking when on actually how long to beat here on over. Yeah, how long to beat. dot com has Mass Effect main story seventeen and a half hours, main and extras twenty eight and a half hours, completionist forty four. Mm. And so, like that's the okay. idea of like it's about how much you're going to get lost. Not to mention like. You're getting so much content when you start bringing in. Yeah, you're going to get the DLC for it. You're going to get this other stuff, right? Yeah. Mass Effect 2, they clock a main story at 24 and a half, main and extra 35 and a half, completion is 50. And then Mass Effect 3, main story 24 and a half, main and extra 35 and a half, and then completion is 50. 
I'm just scared the that thing, I'm going to get overwhelmed and I'm just not like I'm going to get like five hours into the first one and I'm just going to drop off. I See, they do a good job of onboarding you. They do a good job of onboarding you. And I always like the combat of it and I like the talkie of it. So like, I think it's a good merging, let alone the relationships, let alone building all this stuff. Oh, I'm sitting, I tapped a button. My, phone, my desk is going down. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, why, why are you getting higher and higher? That's the end of the show. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do it like crouch down the entire time. Uh, I'm excited to get into it and see if it goes. I'm excited for new people to click with it and see what it goes. I'm excited for a blessing. In, uh, it, Barry, you haven't played it either, right? No, never. T- I only played Andromeda and I had to make a million different graphics comparisons of Andromeda every time they fucking updated that game because uh, it was I'm such a big for deal. <laughs> you guys who have heard so much about yeah. the game to go in and play and well, see how this, it sticks. The, the fucked up thing for me is I don't know. I don't know if I've told the story on content, but I actually did buy uh, Mass Effect 2 for my PS3 uh, and I had started playing the first hour and a half of it, I want to say. And uh, I think I'd, I'd put it away started playing another game was going to go back to it but my ps3 got the yellow light of death and was just dead and basically i couldn't i just couldn't go back yeah. i could never go back to playing mass effect 2 after that and so i was just like all right well all right, see you guys later Bloop. start playing pc games so i can get my hand on a new ps3 or a ps4 uh which is what i did understandable sadly uh but then yeah the last one for our, the big hitters for the week we're getting uh subnautica below zero for ps5 and ps4 on friday may 14th to look forward to that uh for the picks themselves because yes we do have playstation picks uh we got retro machina coming out on the ps4 wednesday may 12th retro machina is a single player action and exploration game set in a retro futuristic universe experience the journey of a little robot as they solve intricate puzzles and begin unraveling the mysteries of a world long forgotten game looks really cool i was surprised when i checked out the trailer for this one because it has a really cool art style and you're telling me it's a puzzle game that Seems really awesome. You're gonna get on it, you think? Or no. No, it's that difficult thing of just too many games to play because we too just talked so about much Mass Effect. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, exactly. Aside from Mass Effect, the the other day I booted up Days Gone finally. Oh and yeah. let me tell you, I like I mean so far I'm not like into it or out of it, right? I'm not like I sure. hate this, but I'm not like it's the thing that's happening. I'm in. Yeah, it's a thing that's happening, and just out of curiosity, I went on how long to beat <laughs> for, uh, for the game, and I saw that it takes, at a minimum, 40 hours at I least. Told you. Nobody wants Jeez. to listen to me. I, I, when it was that thing, when it popped up, and people were like, oh, man, like, yeah, and I saw it, like, you, we should do that for a book club, and I was like, there's not a chance I replay that, because I remember clocking 50 hours in that at review. I'm like, no, 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 that ain't happening. Don't worry about that business. <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm like, damn, I would really rather just play anything else then days gone and like again not not to uh as an insult to the game more so no, no, like no, no. mass yeah. effects coming out and i'm playing apex arenas and a bunch of other things that i just rather i would rather spend my time with yeah i think um, when, we, when we get into talking about like what you've been playing i think we're gonna see a, a lot of that bleed of like what's going on and it was funny i'm trying to find it in time and that's why i'm stalling a bit but somebody had written into the mailbag uh for ps i love you and was like for the love of god please don't do days gone it's too long there's other things to play <laughs> yeah no that's that that's fantastic and yeah like it it was it was i i i felt like i had a cloud of dread over me <laughs> over the last week as i've as i finished the school elysium it was like all right cool it's time to pick it up and i booted it up and i was like damn hip hop anonymous right yeah i wrote in on uh may 7th and said for the love of games please i'm begging you there's too many games this month for days gone it's so long they're exactly it's right. our hashtag ps we played it 
Do you yeah, want exactly it? Exactly right. Or play this. You wanted it. Here it is. Go get it. God damn it. Uh, we also got Death Crown coming to PS4 Thursday, May 13th. Death Crown is a minimalist real-time strategy game in a one-bit style where you play as where you play as Death herself, commanding her legions of death and punishing humanity's kingdom for its overconfidence. I'll, I I picked this one specifically for its art style. style. Yeah. yeah, it has a really, really cool art style, and it seems like a very simple uh, strategy game. I went and watched a, um, a a short review on it to see, like, is it, is it actually a, a good game? And uh, from the one review I watched, they seem to have good things to say about it. Like, the one thing they put out specifically was the fact that it's uh, easy to learn, but then also uh, the, uh, like, the story of it isn't that deep, you know? And, like, I, for strategy games, I'm sure many people go to them to, like, get a cool sense of the world and all that stuff. Yeah. They're saying that don't don't go into this game expecting that depth to it in the narrative but it seems outside of that it seems like it could be a fun game and so if you're looking for a strategy game with a one-bit art style boom there you go well all right blessing it's time for what you've been playing and i think yeah we talk about the insanity of reviews kicking up right now and what that's done i think that's both yeah. the story of our lives here in terms of what you've been playing so what i obviously i i talked about wrath of the druids real quick it's definitely more uh assassin's creed uh but again that was a super passing thing so but i've been playing it uh since we last were able to talk about it on ps i love you right we reviewed resident evil village over on the games cast uh played through that you can go get the full thoughts and opinions over there uh but mainly it's been that conversation we've had of you know i had that week off to move returnal dropped during it i got to play a couple days of returnal leading to that review where i was like you know seven hours in eight hours in when we did the review and i was like i fucking love this game and i can't wait to play more of it but then it was right into resident evil so it was no returnal then i started playing some returnal but i'm like chipping away at it and it's that horrible thing of you know, I come back and I'm like, all right, let's do a thing. I'm exhausted. So I play like 45 minutes and I've forgotten everything because it's been a week since I played Returnal. So I'm like, all oh, right, like I need to engage these enemies by run up and melee and ah, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. Then it was on to another uh, thing I'm working on for review. Then I was doing a whole bunch of like Fall Guys and this, that, and the other for the streams or whatever. And then finally, Sunday, it was time. I was like, I am playing Returnal and nothing else until mass effect like that it's like that thing where i need to commit to this game because i love this game i need to actually put serious hours on the board i need to get good at it and it's something i can't keep doing this oh i played for 30 minutes you know one night and then seven days later came back and did it so uh i've been that's the plan until mass effect is in my hand just playing returnal and goddamn, what a game is returnal blessing hell right? yeah baby it's so fucking good god i so love it good. you know what i mean and it's like it's it is that thing i uh, for the record i am now through the first biome i've beaten the i'm into biome two thank you very much thank you very much which isn't impressive i know when you're like greg three weeks ago you're on the review and you were stuck at <laughs> that boss i'm like yes but remember i didn't play it my i think like i said seven and a half eight hours is what i said on uh, the review on ps i love you i'm probably at 10 hours now so i've mm-hmm. done it i've seen the astronaut i've gotten the figure i've gone through the house like i'm like fuck yeah i'm making progress and like last night i got into biome 2 made it pretty deep but had a bad role in terms of what i came in with after uh the fight but it's one of those i'm anxious to get back to and that's the thing about it where i i don't love getting my ass kicked in games but i do love getting my ass kicked in returnal like it is that thing of i've definitely i we've talked i we've talked about a little bit in the review but like i'm living it in the moment of like you know i lose the fucking fight I skip the cutscenes and I, I put the controller down and I open my phone and just let, let listen to the rain outside of my ship and like you know what I just need to clear my head I need to take a breath I need I and it was that thing I was on the what uh, whatnots podcast yesterday and I was like I was saying the same thing to them I'm like I'm only gonna play Returnal until Mass Effect right and so like 
the thing is like I knew I was right there. I I'm like I now have the skills and rhythm and knowledge of like you know like it's that thing where for so many uh, those first encounters when you run into somebody in Returnal, right? An enemy type, it is learning what they do and then they'll do something you don't expect. And now having them all dead to rights of like those the fucking cloak dudes who show up and then go orange and shoot yeah. at you. You know oh, what I mean? God. Being able to dodge back the, you know, giant red maw that pops up and shoots the shit out of his mouth. And it's like, cool, just dodge that and run up and just melee this motherfucker to death. It's, gah, gah, gah. <laughs> you know, it's like, now I'm <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's, it's done the Rorschach thing of like, you're trapped in here with me. And so I like, I was on the podcast with them of like, if I just get the time tonight, I can beat the, I can beat the thing and get out of it. And I did. And it felt so fucking good. It felt so fucking yeah, good. Blessing. Yeah. It's, and it's even better when you make it to a new biome and realize that like you have brand new enemies to yeah, figure out. things to learn new things to, to learn new guys yep, to go for yep, yeah, yeah. but the bio the different biomes are are so good though you know you get to biome two and it, and it feels so different from biome one yeah uh yep. so distinct uh, uh i was gonna say the name of it but i guess i should keep that for, uh, from spoilers but like yeah. it it feel it, it feels so cool when you step back into it each time especially when you keep dying again and, and you are trying to make your way back into biome two when you finally get there it's like all right, sweet. A different vibe, different mm-hmm. enemies, all this stuff. And Biome 2 specifically has a layout that I really like because it is way... Like, Biome 1 takes place in, like, this this almost, like, jungly area uh, that is that is dark and really is divided up uh, room to room. Biome 2 has way more of an open, free feel to it. And the fact that they're able to kind of keep that consistency... Like, you, st- you still have that same core game where it is you're going from room to room and yeah. taking risks in certain rooms and, and figuring and out, like, like how far you want to go. It's more open, but it also feels more like a straight shot in Bio t- yes. the Biome 2 as well. And it's, like, such an interesting, different dynamic. And even, like... I'll, um, I'll avoid like uh, future spoilers for anything just in case Greg gets there. Is like, uh, like Biome Three has a very distinct like e- even Biome Four, which there is like if you know what I'm talking about, you you know what I'm talking about here of like how impressed I was and like how that even felt different, um, in just a yeah. vibe wise uh, kind of way. It's just like it really really cool and i'm I'm, yeah they really did a really good job with the different environments and making like each environment you step into i feel like has its own gimmick almost or its own setup that makes it feel unique and and yeah but getting to biome five i was like uh, that's the one that i'm stuck on right now it's just like holy shit i didn't think we'd i I didn't think we'd see like something like this in this game Um, uh and so yeah i i don't know if i'll ever beat it but it's so fucking good since you're that far, to. how do you feel about the story so far? Are you like, are you into what's I'm really what's going digging on? it, man. Like once you, uh, yeah. like once essentially like the halfway point, uh, essentially for the game, I, I, I think at least uh, knowing that there's, uh, how many biomes there are and stuff like it was, it was one of those things where like it started to come together, but not really, it, but kind of and it's like you, oh fu-. like i even explained like i had to explain it to my dad because i played it like over the weekend <laughs> and stuff and like he had seen me play it a little bit like on stream and stuff and uh, i just kind of explained the the like almost groundhog's day nature to him and then like the halfway point and i explained that bit to him he was like oh my god that's fucked up and just yeah. like oh I, I i really dig it it's not the main do you feel me, like but... you're going to do you think you're going to finish it now because what i, I know like earlier on i i i it's it felt like you had trepidation of like i don't know if i'm gonna be able yeah, to get before, like, to the w- end of it when it was like the third boss and i was stuck on that for a week like i took a couple of days off from it and then came back and was able to take down the third and fourth boss in one run uh mm. and it was one of those things like now that i'm like slowly chipping away at uh, unlocking the door to the fifth boss it was like 
yeah, I, I I could see myself actually like beating this, and like the gameplay itself like pulls me back, like pulls me back in. Even though like there'll be some runs where I don't like really accomplish it, anything major. Clearing out a room is still so fucking satisfying, so even on fun. like the not major runs. It's just like I feel like I'm always like either learning something new about an enemy type or like like just different strategies or like like figuring out different builds and stuff like that or just like just getting that satisfying feeling of like yeah. going like into when, a room when, and just clearing fools whenever out. you die so you feel like whenever you die it does feel like it's your fault or you took yeah. a risk that you shouldn't have taken exactly. you know i either fell i either fell into a pit that had an enemy that was just too powerful for me or an enemy hit me in a way that i should have i should have dodged and, that or and, and I, again, I was just positioned badly I, i've said this weird comparison before but it reminds me a lot of cuphead and like the way that i, I play cuphead and kind of mm. think about fights in cuphead especially when you know, like all these blue and orange and red orbs like flowing towards you and stuff uh it's really interesting of like where my attention is pulled and uh like how i'm trying to think around uh fights and stuff it's it's a really great game uh on just a pure gameplay level and just like the the little story tidbits are just kind of additive uh but uh, yeah i think on a pure gameplay level like returnal is by far my game of the year yeah and that's the thing of why i keep Getting, you know, I love my job and having to go play other things, but like it keeps, it's always there in the back of my mind. I got to get back to it. So I'm excited to see uh, my continued journey with Returnal, which I think sadly will be longer than most, but I'm also enjoying it. I just need to commit to it until I get Mass Effect and then we'll see what happens. Uh, and then beyond that blessing to wrap it up, yeah. I want to give an update on Retromania Wrestling. Uh, I've given you first impressions uh, last week because I had a really brief time with it because of everything else going on. Uh, I played a whole bunch more and played on the stream with Mike. I really dig it. If you liked those uh, classic wrestlers, if you're not somebody who's like, oh, I need to see AEW guys, I need to see WWE guys in the game, I think, and granted, there's, you know, X people like, you know, the Blue Meanie and uh, people like that, John Morrison. Uh, it's got a limited roster for sure, but it's got such a cool style to it. And it is uh, a fun yet simple game of getting in there, building up, you know, uh, to being able to pull off your finisher with your three se- the segment segmented bar. Uh, and I was just thought today they were teasing that they're going to add a new mode and they still have DLC wrestlers coming. So I think it might be, a, you know, $30 people I know balked at the price and like, oh, there's not that much going on in it. There's just a story mode. I think that over time it could prove itself because I, I and granted, I guess I don't know if the new mode would be free or if the wrestlers are free either but i really dig retromania wrestling it's a game i'm gonna i'm keeping on the hard drive to keep going back in platinum because it's got a really good trophy list too if you're a wrestling fan and stuff to do in there so i'm enjoying that and then just to put it out there because i want to make sure everybody knows when i uh go crazy uh i platinum three games uh they're all really shitty ones that kyle stevenson told me about uh saint patrick's day break head to head easter candy break head to head valentine candy break head to head and it's just a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, why did I just blank on it? Like Arkanoid, where you're bouncing the ball back. Why? Oh, fucking Brick Breaker. Brick Breaker. God damn, that was disappeared on me. Uh, it's it's there. It's copy paste Brick Breaker thing. There's a whole bunch more of these that are all up for six bucks a piece, seven bucks a piece. That are just cheapo plats that you pop at. Oh, I think it took. Well, I can look over here. Yeah, each one took me about like 25 minutes, and that's me, you know, doing my phone and like I could obviously commit to it faster. But I definitely had one of those nights where I'm like, I am too exhausted to, I think it was during the village review. I'm like, I don't want to play the game and forget story. I don't want to play Returnal because I'm not in that headspace right now. I am in the mood for a cheap ass platinum. And that's what I went and got. Congratulations. What you been playing, Bless? Thank Great you. I feel good. Free. Feels good. Uh, I've been similar to you. I've been playing a lot of games. Uh, I already talked all about Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. So I don't have to reiterate that. Ringing um, endorsement. 
if you're bringing endorsement, go out and check out Hood Outlaws and Legends. Uh, Apex Legends Arenas, I've spent so much time. That's probably the game I've played the most over the last week. And uh, like, I don't want to spend too much time be- because we're running pretty late on the show, but I'm addicted sure. to it. Can't stop playing it. It's the most fun I've had with Apex since year one. It is phenomenal. I, I love arenas. It's fantastic. It's the 3v3 mode, the new mode for the game. Oh, it's-, it's so good. Me and Ree have been fucking killing it. In terms of uh, in terms of taking on our enemies and shutting them down, uh, it's awesome. Um, that's Apex Legends Arenas, and then Resident Evil Seven. Uh, I've been playing it on stream for Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, and finally finally beat it. Uh, really liked it. It's a it's a really cool game. Um, I, I I would say I probably like it more than Resident Evil Village if I was to compare the two. Uh, I just really like the I, I like the focus of it, and I love the specific horror vibe. You know, like the totally. the, the the horror in in Resident Evil Seven, I think, is just more it's more consistent than the horror in Village. I think Village, <clears throat> I think, had some highs that might have been higher than the highs in Resident Evil Seven. But to me, the lows were definitely lower for me. Where Resident Evil Seven had moments for me where uh, there's a specific moment late game where I, where there are VHS tapes that are littered throughout mm-hmm. the environment. You put in a VHS tape, and the VHS tape in the specific moment I'm about to talk about, like it. Is basically like a foreshadowing thing of hey, this is the this is the place where you're about to go, and this is to kind of tee you up to understand what's about to happen. And I did that, got to the end of that tape, and on stream I applauded because I just I was just so <laughs> I was blown away by the creativity in which they they went about um, a saw like situation. And I just really I really dug that. And so shout out to Resident Evil Seven, the game that I really do want to talk about though, for a second is Disco Elysium because Disco oh, Elysium. Right is our book club uh for this last month and i finally finished it and i loved the game i was blown away uh by it as a reminder for people who may not be familiar right disco elysium the final cut is the new console version uh, or the final cut version of disco elysium which is a point and click uh rpg you know a crpg top down you know you uh, uh it it is way more of a hardcore RPG, I'd say, than I, I think a lot of RPGs we get nowadays, where it's uh, there is like basically no combat. It is very dialogue driven. It is pretty much all dialogue driven for the most part. Uh, you know, you're talking to characters, trying to figure out what's going on. You're exploring um, a smaller map and trying to get to the bottom of what is going on in the world because you play as a cop who wakes up with amnesia in his hotel. Uh, and I, I believe I talked about this when I first brought up the game that like the way the game tackles its skill system and the way that that skill system speaks to you the player and is actually given a a voice and is personified i think this is really fascinating and really well done and the the writing in the game is just so deep and so like there's so much writing in this game i don't know if you you've gotten to play it a bit now greg yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, again, this is our hashtag. We played this. Uh, yeah, hashtag we played this. Uh, so it was gonna, it's for... This gets so confusing. It's what we were supposed to be playing in April to then talk about it in May. Now you're supposed to be talking about Days Gone, so we talk about it in June. Uh, the conversation was that, yeah, this episode we wanted to do the Ratchet thing and then the Disco Elysium book club. But when you rolled it, you immediately went to Twitter and you're like, Disco Elysium is one of those games that like make made me seek out a spoiler cast like I that it's that good which speaks to the caliber of how much is going on in that game and so what we've talked about is 
we put it here in Disco Elysium to talk about it right now in terms of what you've been playing. But you're going to do a spoiler cast uh, for Memorial Day. Uh, well, Memorial Day off that Monday. So this will be the episode that posts on June 1st. Uh, that'll be a spoiler cast about Disco Elysium. So you still have more time if you haven't played Disco Elysium yeah. to do it. More importantly, you'll have time to get your questions in. I should add that right now. Yeah, I can get questions in. I'll, I'll put up a document or whatever so we can add it or whatever. Yeah, I... Uh, it was a similar thing where you and I think talked about it last week on the show of like, Oh yeah, we said next week we got to get moving on it or whatever. So it is one of those that I popped on and it's always for me personally rewarding and fulfilling, I guess when I'm like, you know what? I definitely knee jerk reaction on this game when it was in the running for game of the year. And I was playing stuff there where I only played a little bit of it. And I was like, oof, this isn't for me. I totally respect the reviews and understand what it is. It's just not the same thing. And then it's that thing where is, you know, the more tens it gets when it comes to console and people talking about how much they love it and stuff. I was like, man, did I judge it too harshly? And when I turned it on and I was like, I, I was like, no, I did not. Like, I get it. Like, I totally get why people would love this game. It is just not a game for me. Like, yeah, it, is, it, it turns me off at pretty everything you love about it. Like, turns me off about it. Where I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play this game. And it's not to the quality of the game at all. I'm not saying like that. It's just a tip, a, not a Greg Miller game. Yeah, in weird ways, it's a game that's not for me either. It's a game that I wouldn't say is for everybody. Like, I definitely understand anybody who's like, yeah, this isn't my type of game. When I was talking to you, I think it was Andy I was talking to about it a little bit where I was like, yeah, no, the game feels like a game for people who definitely read books. <laughs> like, you yep. got to be you got to yep. be down to sit and read and take in a lot of information, take in a lot of text and really be down to, I think, I think the 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 enjoyment I get out of the game is learning about uh its world and the inner working of it the inner workings of its world and how the characters and the, these different factions of characters and different cultures of characters interact with each other in this world. Like the game does such a good job of world building and the, the like the 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 unique the unique elements of its skill system I think is probably the other big thing uh in terms of what the game is and how how well it goes about it where now that I've finished the game, I have a better idea of how it works. I think the first time I talked about it, I was like, yeah, dude, basically like the inner workings of your mind are are their own characters and you level them up and all this stuff. It's weird. And it is weird even now that I finished the game and kind of understand a little bit more of it. But basically, like my character, to give an example, um, I spec high in, 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 in logic and my encyclopedia uh, uh, skill specifically was dominating because i had that thing all the way up and basically what that is is since my character has amnesia uh my skill for encyclopedia uh pretty often in the game as i was playing you know there'll be points where i'm like i don't know what this thing is my encyclopedia was would basically be like the i'm gonna pull a random fact here and drop it about the world and that's gonna clue you into either what this thing is or give you a little bit bit of context so you can make a better decision or i'm just gonna give you a random fact just because uh that's basically what the encyclopedia skill is and there's a ton of different types of things there's this thing called inland empire and basically what that does is it lets you talk to inanimate objects in the game and i didn't really know that skill was a thing until after i beat the game and listened to a spoiler cast and i was like wait that's what that does it lets you talk to chairs and shit uh and yeah like there there's like empathy and there's basically a bunch of different things that basically change the lens in which you view the world and it's it is very fascinating how it works and even after beating the game I said earlier that it's not a game that I would say is necessarily for me. And I kind of stick by that, but it's a game that after beating it, I am uh, impressed by it and fascinated by how they're able to pull it off. And I would say I'm, I am those two things more than I enjoyed it. 
you know like interesting interesting playing the game a lot of times i was i was bored by it in many instances it was kind of <laughs> like all right you know let's speed this thing up let's get through this you know that's what i told you right when I, like when we talked about it on the show i think where i was like oh yeah i tried to play it for game of the year and i didn't really like it i think i tried it again and i kind of i kind of like drifted off i was so tired and then it was like we finished ps i love you and i had something like an hour later and i, I you text me like what do you think of it i'm like all right i just slacked you i was like definitely almost fell asleep again and you're like right now <laughs> it's 3 30 in the afternoon i'm like i don't know what to tell you like it's just not a game that i was like engaging me and making me go yeah no it's definitely a game that i i i think i'm just way I'm I'm just way impressed with more than I and actually t- enjoyed it in the process yeah. of playing it. Yeah, which, for sure. And I yeah, and that, and, that, and that's still the thing that I take as something that yeah. If I did have a game of the if I guess for my game of the year list this year, I don't know if I'm gonna include it in it, but it's definitely like a contender because it's just a game that for me I think has changed the way that I even think about writing in in video games and in RPGs. Like mm. it had that that sort of impact on me more so than a this is my favorite type of game kind of thing. Um. And I'm sure well, we'll talk about it way more in the spoiler cast because that feels like a way more appropriate way to talk about the game with so much going on in the story and narrative. So keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, well, first off, blessing, keep it on the tip of your tongue, your game of the year thing. I want to talk about that in the post show. But cool. uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we ask Disco Elysium. You can go with your questions, your comments, your concerns, your spoiler thoughts uh, to, of course, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Click on the participation hashtag, and that will, of course, let you go to the PS I Love You form to put in your thoughts for that uh, Disco Elysium spoiler cast that'll post as a PS I love you uh, for Memorial Day week so that'll be June 1st that that post it'll be before then uh, Blessing will get in one of the dozens of I think British people who love this game you can get Simon Cardi you can also, get Lucy James you get whoever after the hell playing you it I understand why it's the British folks specifically that love yeah, this game this, this seems like a very British European person ass game you it's know a, what I'm saying it's, a it's like where's the game. beer Barrett where's the skateboards where's the yeah. gun that's what, what I mean tubular like vibe totally you know? bro. There's absolutely no combat in this game like, imagine having to play <laughs> the original version of this game where all you're doing is reading oh my oh god. my god no wonder i fell asleep you know what oh, i mean i'm like kevin over here novel at that point jesus get out of here get out of here uh before we get into a post show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games we have a segment called hashtag ps i love photo mode uh blessing last week you picked returnal who is among the cream of the crop I did. Uh, the first runner up here I have here is Jordan Rowan. Uh, and also shout out to all, everybody who submitted. There were quite a few submissions for, nice. uh, for Eternal. Oh, so yeah. Shout out to Remember, that. if we every week on hashtag PSLF photo mode, we pick a game. You go on Twitter and post hashtag PSLF photo mode with your photo from the game. And we go through here to pick three of our favorites. Yes. So this is uh, Jordan. It looks like they're in the first biome and they're looking upwards toward the trees. And I just thought it was a really cool image. It was a, it was a really cool shot. The ways that the trees sit in front of the, the sky. That's awesome. Give yeah. this nice, like light and dark yeah, kind of look way kind of like the what seems to be like the moon like kind of shining through and shit shines like through it yeah, you can, yeah so you can see some of the ray tracing and then also the the i don't think i don't know how much i looked up in this game and so like the way the trees kind of tangle oh, in and kind of look like tentacles and the way that the, a lot of the creatures in the game are tentacle creatures and seem to take a lot of uh inspiration from lovecraftian horror this I, a screenshot i think takes a lot of uh inspiration from from that or at least the design of the trees i, I should say uh gives off that vibe uh so shout out to that a good way also, to have the environment reflects the uh the wildlife yes yes for sure and also shout out to um everybody for this photo mode because this game doesn't have a photo mode and so basically people a lot of people who submitted removed the ui and and uh played with the camera in, or, in order to get their shots the second runner-up i have here is from mustafa depo uh, oh that's a great one yeah yeah and if you pull if you full screen it i said I, I said this a while ago that 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm very big into the vertical shots when it comes to screenshots, and Mustafa here did not disappoint. Um, so yeah, it's it's the main character standing in front of the. I think this is the first biome still. Uh, there are like yeah, it is, these it plant. Is these plant things that have the lights at the end of them if, if you probably know what i'm talking about right like the blue yeah again, it's a, it's a it's what fauna that has this like it's like it looks like cattails right but yeah. it's got exactly. this blue light at the end this neon blue light at the yeah end. and when you stand by them they start to reach toward you um but yeah they got a, a picture it's in front of that you. looks really cool just to feel just to tickle you a little bit uh it's not so as that's scary as the red up. ones that actually grab you and shit you know? yeah these, yeah. these ones are just yeah. little, little friendly guys and then we got a winner all right the winner comes from a bomb beard where it is this this fun Ooh. silhouette look of uh uh Celine the main character I believe I, see I think this is in the house but I'm not positive I don't know where they would have gotten the shot see, I don't well, think this is the yeah, this is the astronaut this is the astronaut this is the astronaut oh, thing that she yeah. talks about throughout the game it's great that's yeah, what that th- is this has got to be in yeah, the yeah. house because I, I think that like uh sun thing that's like kind of behind them is like uh. Mm-hmm like on the wall somewhere and like the, it's so cre- it's like haunting the way like the the face of the the sun from this whatever knickknack yeah. you want to call it it's like kind of like in the helmet of the astronaut um yeah this is really cool is really gr- great. really great positioning good use of grayscale too for the image uh so shout out to bombbeard our winner for this week's hashtag PSLF photo mode also shout out to everybody who submitted because there were, were a lot of great submissions i really had to narrow down uh, it's my turn to pick, and it's about time we pick a game that has a photo mode once again and that everybody's excited for. So let's do Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, so many people I know are jumping into it this weekend, and I know uh, it has a dope photo mode. They went out of their way to talk about that. It will slow everybody's progress down. So remember, uh, your homework, uh, hashtag PS, we love photo mode. And then, yeah, hashtag PS, I love photo mode. We keep saying, we, sometimes it's plural, sometimes it's just the I like the show, and nobody knows what's going sometimes on. Sometimes it's PS, I hate photo mode. Which we people don't understand. Still, <laughs> people are still using it though. Like every every week, I go in there just to see, and people are still putting in adventure shots in there. So, okay, fair. <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary Edition, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This has been P.S. I love you, XOXO. Remember, this is Kind of Funny's PlayStation Podcast. Each and every week, Blessing and I come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. Uh, You, ladies and gentlemen, can be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindafunnygames. You, of course, can go uh, get in submit questions there. You can be part of the show. You can be a Patreon producer. You can get the uh, exclusive post show we're about to do. You can get the show ad-free. You can have a great time. However, if you have no bucks tossed away, it is no big deal, of course. You can get the show youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe uh you of course have to sit through the ads that are great now and look great thank you roger uh, and don't get the post show but you still get a hell of a show uh anyway, that's it we got a post show to do uh next week kyle stevenson uh joining us coming hey. on the show yeah excited about that it'll be a trio to talk about some playstation stuff next week uh but for now post show to do so until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you